Sequelizers. I am your host, as always, Jack Chambers, and joining me, also as always, it's Matt Stockton. Drop the just sequelizers. It's cleaner. It's true. That's history. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we literally said that. Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actual conversations had by sequelizers. It will also work as movie quotes. Thanks, Matt. Oops. You're welcome. Okay, good. And speaking of things that are cleaner, it's Tim Matum. Some people have a hard time explaining sequelizing. I don't think anyone can really explain sequelizing. Maybe Pete Townsend, but that's okay. Sequelizing is a lifestyle and a way of thinking. And it's not about money and popularity, although some money would be nice. But it's a voice that says, here I am, and fuck you if you can't understand me. And one of these people is going to save the world. And that means sequelizing can save the world. And the chicks are great. <laughs> <laughs> the chicks are great, aren't they, boys? <laughs> Tumbleweed. Uh, I'm married. I'm good. <laughs> I'm soon to be married. And the chicks I'm, are great. I'm lonely. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, great fucking start this episode. <laughs> this is the uh, depression episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about an interesting topic we've touched on a couple of times throughout our sequelizing efforts so far. But thanks to a pick from an executive producer, we're going to delve in with a bit more depth and kind of cover the history, some examples and all that kind of stuff of musicians turned actors. And we'll talk a little bit about actors turned musicians and kind of how that whole thing works and all mm. that kind of stuff. Mm. But as I mentioned, this is a pick from one of our executive producers on Patreon. And if you'd like to join that lovely person who I'll mention in a moment, you can go to patreon.com slash sequelizers. You can get early access. You can get ad-free episodes. You can get bonus merch. You can get merch discounts. You get entire bonus episodes during the end season you get outtakes and soon to be movie commentaries with season 10 as well during the main season and loads of other cool stuff and if you go up to the highest of tiers you can become an executive producer like these fine folks have done josh van der Sluis. that's what i call a coach encounter stuart main the hell are you doing out here fred xenos very lives don't matter today jonathan firth clark now back up put the gun down and give me a pack of tropical fruit bubblelicious. Colin Thompson. You know what the difference is between you and me? I make this look good. Hyper Dude Man. You ain't got to do no, nothing, Uncle Phil. Hey, you know, ain't like I'm still five years old, you know? Ain't like I'm going to be sitting up every night asking my mom, when's daddy coming home, you know? Who needs him? James McDowell. Hey, he wasn't there to teach me how to shoot my first basket, but I learned, didn't I? Hey, I got pretty damn good at it too, didn't I, yeah, Uncle Phil? Got through my first date without him. Philip Morgan. Right? Mm. I learned how to drive. I learned how to shave. I learned how to fight without him. I had 14 great birthdays without him. And the executive producer who has picked the topic of this week's episode, Mr. Josh Miles. He never even sent me a damn card. To hell with him! Well, thank you, executive producers, and especially thank you, Josh, for picking this topic and supporting us on Patreon. You make this interseason possible. You make the big 12-episode season that's coming up soon, season 10. All the bonus stuff, you make that all possible. And we very, very much appreciate your support. And the new merch that's coming shortly. New merch mm. coming up to season 10, which means we're coming up to our fifth anniversary in May. Also, 
that's going to be the champion of champions of our live stream as well, all happening in May. May is good. Also, I'm getting married in May. May is going to be a big month. <laughs> Doctor Strange is out. Doctor Strange is out as well. Yeah. Most importantly, Doctor Strange. Is out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, worry about the anniversaries a, and weddings and stuff. It's fine. Yeah, it's relevant. Yeah, it might be bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll be fine. <laughs> but before we get to all of that stuff in May, we've got a lot of stuff to look forward to. But let's talk about musicians turned actors, shall we, gentlemen? Mm. Mm-hmm. Dive into the good, the bad, maybe the ugly. It's a tradition that used to be a lot more interlinked, and we'll kind of dive into the history a bit as we we talk about it. And in some ways, they are still very closely linked in certain areas. Um, and of course, when you move away from movies into theatre, for example, there's still, you know a huge crossover of people who are trained as both. But obviously our focus is going to be on people who were established as musicians and then become actors. The and kind that... of thing where they, they got a role in acting and you go, huh, oh, yeah. No, they can act and sometimes they can't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they can and they, it's a pleasant surprise. And yeah. Sometimes it's a fucking shit show. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about both. <laughs> and somewhere in the middle as well. Because I think you're totally right, Tim, especially with... The obviously acting and movies come from theatre and stage and all that kind of stuff. And you're totally right, Tim, that those disciplines, those skills, singing, dancing, acting, the triple threat, as it's known Mm. in the entertainment world, was far more interlinked back in the day than it is now. Mm. We still have some of those people. I always use Hugh Jackman as, ah, he's a song and dance man. (laughs) He's Wolverine, but he's also prancing about and hosting the Tonys and stuff and like just... He's the greatest showman, Jack. He is the greatest showman, in a way. Not P.T. Barnum, Hugh Jackman. (laughs) But yeah, it's an interesting thing because I think it's becoming... I almost feel like it's having a resurgence, but I think that's me just kind of misinterpreting it. I think it is a thing that's kind of always bubbling away underneath and you get, I mean, our best friend Jeremy Renner going off and doing like musical quiz and like, oh, oh no, oh, he's trying (laughs) to sing. And that's been a thing forever. I guess because I'm more like switched on and connected and aware of what's going on with things mm. like social media and us doing this podcast and all that kind of stuff. Unless you go back and look like, oh, Ricky Gervais was in a like a, yeah. a Bowie-inspired kind of pop band. Spandau Ballet. Spandau yeah. Ballet bollocks. And it's like, would you think of the guy who played David Brent as a, as a musician-turned-actor? But he also was musician-turned-comedian-turned-actor. So it's like... And and also uh, kind, probably better known as an actor turned musician because he then did the the did a faux album as David Brent and yes. that whole thing yep. yeah yeah yes the weird shit like that I and mean, I think it's something that has always been intertwined in Hollywood and entertainment and all that kind of stuff mm. and will be going both ways I think for for as long as these mediums are around pretty much I think they're mm. so fundamentally intertwined I think it's it's. It... <sighs> I think it's partly broad. I think you are both absolutely correct. And we'll definitely go into the details there. I think it's, there is a, I don't think it's a necessary always an arrogance, but it is from a producer side of things. But there's always an agent driven mm. arrogance, which is this person is successful. Therefore, they are successful at everything. And you see that with things like, oh, you know, music, singing, dancing, acting. It's the same shit. It's all performing. And you're like, there are very it's nuanced, but sure, I can see where you're coming from. And then you have other people saying like, "Yeah, they play like basketball really well. You know, they're really good like F1 racing. Mm. They could be in this movie too." And it's like, 
No. They could release an album. No. no. <laughs> this is a fantastic author. They could act. Again, I know we are going. I can see the logic. But that you, just because they're good and in the public eye doesn't mean they're going to transition perfectly. Sometimes you can mm. get like really good. It's like, yeah, of course you can. Because you've got all the money, arguably all the time, and all the connections to say... And often the looks as well. And That's the looks. Factor, mm. Yeah. To say, like, well, we'll blag it. In the, but in the same way that if you were to just sling someone from, you know, your local bank or your local <laughs> barista and like they look like they're pretty entertaining sling them in a movie and you give them all the time all the encouragement i bet they'd be perfectly they, fine they deal with the public a lot let's make them prime minister oh tim <laughs> you you fucking the nail on the head there yeah. christ yeah exactly yeah i think there's there's probably i don't know if there'd be a full episode worth but sports people turned mm. actors mm. oh yeah we could a, definitely there's that, yeah. there's a fascinating crossover there um I think the thing that Jack said about it becoming more of a trend, I think the thing that's noticeable nowadays is people turning themselves into a brand, which that's, is very that's much, yeah. that's very much the Jeremy Renner thing, where oh, it was like, yeah. oh, I'm going to become a musician and launch an app. And, so <laughs> we, that there's, we talked about the there's Jeremy one app place before. for all of your Jeremy Renner needs. Um, <laughs> you can only listen to his music and follow him on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. All yeah. in one app. I mean, you always have the classic, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. I want to buy a biopic for my or a biography. Sorry, for mm. my like a book for my dad or uncle. Mm. Uh, they kind of like this actor. I'll buy him Michael Caine's bio. I'm, I, yeah. I'm sure he's got some stories to tell. And you look through it and go, "Oh, he was only in it for the money." Okay, yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> Learn some great lessons. Or Christopher Lee. I bet he's got some really interesting insights. Interesting. There's no talk of Dracula here. He's like obviously like excised. Oh, he's, he's just talking about all the people he murdered. In World <laughs> yeah, <Wars>. exactly. <laughs> I of course like metal music and murder. I was never Dracula. Thank you, Charlemagne. Yeah. Thank you, Christopher. Sir Christopher. Sir Christopher. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you know it, that that is a modern kind of evolution of how it's marketed to us. And I think, like Matt says, it's there's a horrible business side to it where it is you know oh these this person's popular i can wring some more money out of it it doesn't actually matter if they can do this thing there'll be a percentage in it for me uh by getting them this deal and it's the same as you know endorsement deals in sports and stuff like that Mm -hmm, as you mm -hmm. know you know why should why should i care if this olympian is telling me to shop at co-op you know (laughs) it's it's completely unlinked but you know it still happens it's it's almost like by the time they realize it's bad i've already sold enough to make my money back so who gives a shit yeah and then people say this was terrible can we have another one it's like oh well fuck yeah you can have another album another film whatever it needs to be how we get sequels that we sequelize on this show damn right it is (laughs) it was terrible have another oh great thanks so much (laughs) but i also think there is a a question of prestige to a certain amount and also Mm -hmm. I think one thing that has to be taken into account, particularly with singers becoming actors or musicians becoming actors, I should say, mm. is that music is very hard to have a very extensive career in music. I think it's e- and it, and it's also incredibly demanding, especially nowadays when albums don't make any money, streaming doesn't make any money. You've got to be on yeah, tour, basically. Yeah. It is a physically demanding job, not to even, you know, singing is hard if you are a singer. Mm-hmm. It fucks your voice up, but good. Mm. Um, and if you so, play piano or a certain guitar, your fingers are going to be ruined yeah. for life. Yep. And so in a way, becoming an actor is almost like a pension policy. 
yeah, uh, if I you can that. do it successfully. And I think, you know, it's... And there's also a question of prestige. I, I remember there's a, a quote by Dave Gorman. Oh, yeah. Where he says, when, you turn th- when they turn 30, every musician tries to become an actor, every actor tries to direct, and every comedian writes a book. That's exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I think there is a, a, a feeling to a certain degree. Obviously, there are of musicians who have just carried on and will be musicians forever until they die kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but there's, yeah, there's a certain need to kind of prove yourself and as a serious artist, you know, and it's it's either, oh, okay, well, I'm going to go into, you know, I'm producing all my own music now. I'm, you know, I'm only doing stuff I've written. Uh, you know, I'm going to maybe foster some other bands and produce them mm-hmm. and move more into the management stuff and all that kind of thing. Or it's, I'm going to add another career to my thing so that I've got something to sustain me and, you know, bring bring money in that way. There's also an almost faux, unnecessary, unearned confidence as well, because if you get like, I want to do a taste for acting, but I can't get out of the wheelhouse of being a musician, you tend to get a few, shall we say, extra long music videos with little <laughs> segments. <laughs> with like, oh, wow, they can act. It's like in the 30 seconds before they started singing, sure. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you see very elaborate, you know, uh, script-driven stuff in music videos and thinking, there's actually before... And again, some, some music videos are huge in terms of the performances you put into it in terms of the uh, the skits, shall we say. Mm. Same thing with a lot of rap albums. You get like, so many skit tracks and you're like, this is acting. It's radio play acting, but it's yeah, acting. It is, yeah. And yeah. it's like... It's voice acting. Yeah, if you yeah. can transition this, it's like, you've mm. done the job. Mm. I think we'll, we'll come back to later. One of the clear defining things is the difference between I'm doing a performance as either myself or the, the, the persona I have as a musician or I am performing as someone else. Mm. That's the divide. You can have someone being themselves and be like, fuck, they are amazing. It's like, yeah, being them. Mm. Now I'm going to give them something that's out there of the wheelhouse. And that's true for a lot of really prestigious big name actors as well. Mm. Just because you're good at acting doesn't mean you can do all the acting. Yeah. <laughs> effectively. Um, and not, not arguably, some people say when you find your niche, your wheelhouse, why should you? Mm. It's like, you don't have to challenge yourself in mm. theory same with a musician you'd be really successful you'd have to worry about writing different types of like oh why have they never written a song outside the genre of music they're in yeah it's like well some people do some yeah. people go off the chain and go i'm gonna do all the music and be like you know some of the greatest of all time other people say nah you know what i found my fucking lane i'm in it yeah job done so yeah it, it is a really interesting mix i think of monetary drive midlife crisis yeah. or early life crisis <laughs> one of the many crises we experience um confidence viziers whispering in your ear mm. for again mostly monetary purposes and let's face it getting bored yeah i want to try this mm. yeah and you have the power to say i can muscle my way on a set and see if i can do something Fuck yeah it. yeah and, and I, would, I would imagine there is a certain extent especially if you're an, a musician who spends a lot of time in la oh yeah you end up hanging out with actors and they go either like, oh, you're really funny. You should come hang out on set or, you know, whatever. Or you, you're you on SNL, you know, and you have fun yes, there or something. Yes. And it's it's almost, yeah, like you say, it's just bored and you happen to be in the right place at the right time. And you go, yeah, I'll give it a go. Why not? Yeah. Uh, we also know for the fact there's about so many examples of placeholders and scripts mm. where people say like, uh, there's a there's a musician in town and they're, you know, messing around with the lead character's girlfriend and they stand up to them because they don't give a shit about mm. you know who this person might be performance mm. wise but that's because they're off the chain like mm. who are we gonna put in there i don't fucking know um the weekend yeah okay mm. okay okay fine right in there 
and that's how we end up with the weekend in uncut gems yeah uncut gems um <laughs> and, <laughs> and um but that, that, but sometimes it's like oh you know were you always after this individual or was it just like who you could get did it matter who it was were they integral it had to be them yeah so you know p diddy slash puff daddy in um get into the greek mm. so ridiculous and i love yeah. him in that <laughs> i'm like yeah this is perfectly suited um yeah it's it's such a, it's such a strange series of circumstances mm. to get into where they are but i think it's probably just a standard formula of as we said bored yeah curious yeah, yeah the, the, it feels like there's there's several roles out there where either it, it was sort of written as a you know oh okay we this character is like a puff daddy type uh, and it's yeah. like, have we tried actually just getting Puff Daddy? It's like, he wouldn't want to do this, would he? Oh, no, okay, yeah, no, he likes money. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I, I, or, I, or a bunch of ro- roles where mm. you do have that, you know, clearly aping a particular pop star in a yes. thing, and you're like, I wonder if they tried to actually get them for this. Yeah, I, I, I know it's TV, but there was a fantastic little interview with uh, Julian Barrett and um, Noel Fielding about series three of The Mighty Boosh. Mm. And it's oh, like, are you, are you feeling... Are you feeling down, Vince? Yeah, yeah, I am a bit. And then he opens a door. He's like, do you want to see Gary Newman? <laughs> he opens a cupboard and it's like, hello. It's like, hi, Gary. And it's like, then he just closes the cupboard door again. And then Julian Barrett's having a sort of existential crisis moment in between takes. I just blocked one of my childhood heroes in a cupboard. I feel I can't really. And then, you know, they're interviewing afterwards and saying like, saying I can't believe we got Gary Newman. I mean, we've idolized him both, you know, since we were young and he's an mm. amazing artist, does so much in terms of range and what he does and so on and so forth and yada, yada, yada. And then Gary Newman's like, yeah, apparently they just asked me and I'm not that hard to get. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, it's quite easy just to say, what if we get like, you can never get Gary Newman, it'd be stupid. It's like, mm. he's free. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it, he'll do it. It's, yeah. it's so weird how these things sort of develop sometimes, but mm. yeah. Um, we should talk a bit about the history of Yes, mm. the medium. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I think we'll definitely come back to this multiple times. I think because it's it's so integral to it. The origins of cinema being a transition of uh, storytelling via stage and performance, mm. that kind of thing, and then you transition to even with silent film, it was still the idea that um, you had music playing. Music mm. has always been part of film in one way or another, and then finally with sound, you incorporated performance in that regard. Mm. But with vaudeville as a um a, a sort of stage performance, mm. it wasn't just a case of I'm gonna do a play. It's the singing, dancing, comedy, slapstick, it's it's the Yeah. The all singing, and, all and, dancing, yeah. and that being the very mu- the the populist form of theatre. You know, that was that was it wasn't necessarily Shakespeare, you know. It was which, cheap. <laughs> it, it was it was cheap and it was what the masses wanted to see. And, you know, one of the the big advantages of cinema to start with was you know oh you could show it to the masses you know yep it didn't you could run as many performances as you wanted a day you know etc pay et the actor once yeah <laughs> yeah no precisely and then it sort of evolved to no you have to be able to do everything because when you the studio system it was like right you work for us you are our employer it's not that you're going to go job by job although auditions are obviously part of it it was like we have a product we want to sell it's this particular movie it's this particular mm. story and we're going to put you in it because we own you basically. And you're mm. currently good. And we think this would be good for us and good mm. for you. And blah, blah, blah. What's the story? Oh, it's a war epic. Oh, fantastic. I'm really good. I'm very mm. classically trained. I'd love to do that. What's the next piece? It's about a, um, you know, uh, it's another war epic. It's about the US civil war. Oh, okay, great. Except this one, everybody sings and dances. Oh yeah. And you better <laughs> be 
at the top of your game yeah you better be able to do the most amazing flips and jumps and carry these amazing notes mm-hmm. uh, oh, i can't do any of that Maybe stuff. some tap dancing in there for precisely the yeah i can't do any of that it's like well then you don't have a job yeah simple as that so if you say that saying that would be the same as i can't learn lines mm, like, yeah well then why are you here yeah yeah and it, it's fascinating that early era of hollywood when with the, the kind of the golden age of musicals yes when it was just the natural assumption like you can do oh you want to be an actor then you'll need to know how to sing and dance as well mm-hmm. um and i think that's where you know when you think about stage schools and stuff like that a lot of them still kind of operate on that principle of like you learn how to do everything um obviously there are very dedicated you know places like juilliard and stuff like that uh, juilliard. um but i i mean they may even still do some of that you know in terms so. of before you kind of special i i have no idea how their system works mm. but um it's a rudimentary based course isn't it yeah. so it's, it's the idea that you know in the same way that we how we think of school it's like mm. you have to have these basic principles before you can go to things you want to do and things you want yeah. to pursue it's like why because it's part of the industry yeah you know and it's no longer a complete uh you know oh you can't sing then you're probably not going to be an actor like no you can perfectly get away with not being able to sing in hollywood nowadays but back then that was much more difficult um, yeah. and probably dancing was even a bigger part of that because you can mm. kind of fake the singing yeah uh, well they did with again with Peter's voices like, they can't yeah. sing but they're so good at acting we have to get them in somehow yeah dub it yeah you know the plot of singing in the rain yeah <laughs> um but dancing obviously much harder to fake and so yeah yeah, it was just an expected part of the skill set back then very much so and if you think about things like james cagney um an actor in the day who is known for this hot-headed little you know irish american guy very oh he's very very, you know (laughs) very energetic ball of energy he's very small yeah oh hot and be you know the the classic you dirty rat is his thing but he never actually said that etc but the point is he was known for being in these war movies and these gangster movies and he was a tough character and he was really rough the thing he won his fucking oscar for was yankee doodle dandy (laughs) all singing all dancing production it's like yeah because he was a song and dance man as well yeah that was what he did um when he we talked about in the bloopers episode when he messed up a take he'd go ah come on now and it's like what's that it's like oh you know just getting back in the rhythm it's like (laughs) i i guess (laughs) um but but then uh, you when you transition to the 40s and 50s and i know that the the later Mm. you did get a lot of heavier um they still tried still tried to sort of shoehorn these people in didn't work and you'd get people like bogart and john wayne and stuff and you're like Mm. Yeah, I'm not really seeing these guys being like Fred Astaire, like, you know, doing backflips and shit all over the place. It's like there was um, a, a post-war ruggedness. You still had tons of like, you know, people in musical performances. There was still one of the most successful and popular music. We discussed musicals, obviously, in a previous episode quite a lot um, about the rise and fall and the peaks and troughs, et cetera, et cetera. But it was still an industry standard just in case. Because sure, you could be in a, you know, you could be in something like Shane or another big mm. Western, but you still have to be in your next production about, you know, people trapped in a snow lodge and being able to sing about yeah. it. It's like, yeah, it's I mean, just a nec- requisite. Even as late as bordering on the 70s, you had Lee Marvin and Clint Eastwood in Paint Your Wagon. Fucking Paint Your Wagon. <laughs> Which I only know. From the Simpsons. Simpsons. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought when I was a kid, that was a Simpsons joke. It was just like, oh, how silly that would be if that was real. Yeah. As opposed to, oh, no, that is real. Yes. Like, Oh <laughs> yeah, um, 
And I think, you know, a, a lot of that is to do with just the changing nature of Hollywood and what films were popular. And as you got the, you know, musicals were this big explosion initially when, when sound came in, you know, uh, as, you know, we've seen in stuff like The Artist and, and things like that. And, you mm. know, you can look at the history of Hollywood and see it very clearly. And obviously a sound became less of a new, oh, wow, new technology um no no longer will we need the piano player up in in the front <laughs> yeah. um that becomes less important and so what genres are popular shifts just as they do nowadays um and so yeah as you get to the 40s and 50s uh and and into the 60s obviously music was still more popular then than they were now but there is that shift away from like you say, you don't necessarily need to be able to do everything, but it's helpful if you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also the thing that's, you know, important to know, or not just the shifting nature of cinema around then, it's the shifting nature of music. Yeah, definitely. You know, you have your first, you have the explosion of rock music. You you also have the post-war years, the rise of the teenager, the rising consumption of music. Yeah. And you have figures like Elvis come along who are these stars in the way that mm. musicians were never really stars before and then almost instantly they get turned into actors as well yeah. at that point yeah I, I think elvis is one of those big big turning points and, and and elvis is a big turning point for a lot of people for a lot of reasons throughout history and it's like yeah that changed everything and it's like that can't be right and then you track back and go no again i'm pretty yeah. sure that is accurate and and you're right it's the idea that elvis was a huge star and like well we need to capitalize on this then mm. can he act I don't know if he can, but but I know people will go see him. That's exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, we can make him act. It's like yeah. fine, job done, and get him in roles where he's singing in to yep. create songs for the films. Mm. Oh yeah, and you get a soundtrack, and oh, you got to hear the new Elvis song. You got to go and see the movie and all that synergy, kind of synergy, <laughs> exactly. Corporate synergy by turning, as you were saying earlier, Tim. That's maybe the first example of a brand like mm. a true yeah, multimedia yeah. star, like transitioning. And all that kind of stuff, turning him into, you know, he's a sex symbol, he's a musician, he's mm. an actor. Is there anything? He, well, plenty of stuff he couldn't do. Huh. But, <laughs> well, um, I think they took that with the, that that momentum, and it's like, you know, imagine if there was like a fucking Elvis, Elvis Presley serial. How ridiculous! And then you go just a little further, <laughs> and the Beatles come out, and you're like, yeah. oh, there it is. Yeah. yeah. Now yeah. we can do all this shit. Yeah. And you get shit like Yellow Submarine, like fucking yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, whatever you would call that. Yeah. <laughs> and also around this same similar sort of period, you've got the Rat Pack. Yes. Rat Pack changing a lot of things. Uh, mm. giving a lot of, and again, you're obviously older at that point, mm-hmm. but it's a similar thing of like that post-war boom, that increase in uh, sort of uh, disposable income mm-hmm. that mm. people have. Obviously, we're talking in the West here rather, you know, we're not really touching on things like Mm. Bollywood and stuff like the systems out there. But I'll make a mention of it later, don't worry. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, it's that rise in disposable income, which means that entertainment is a bigger focus and mm. the way it's consumed. You've got television, you've got, mm. you know, more people owning radios, more yeah. people buying records, all those kind of things. And so the desire to do that cross promotion synergy stuff becomes more. You know, it, it, it's natural that Hollywood is going to seek out that money. Yeah, and and with the Rat Pack specifically, it was also there was a, a bit of weight to the performances they were in. They weren't in the sort of fluff that that um, 
Elvis was in. Yeah. They were an actual dramatic performance. I mean, yeah, I've got mm. like the Ocean's Eleven stuff, which is very fun and lighthearted, mostly at least. Mm. But then you had like the Manchurian Candidate and stuff like, there's there's gravitas to some of these performances. Yeah. And like, no, they're, they're, they're in decent things. Obviously, there's the light fair would always be the expected thing, but they, they would want to venture into, no, I can do this. I could do, you know, a more grounded performance. Mm. Um, I don't think, I mean, there probably is an example, but Elvis didn't get as much of that. It's like our your audience that well, the one with the demographic we're pitching to don't kind of care, um, and yeah, as I say, with that rise, you'd get a lot more of that. But then the music industry shifted, and same same for the studio system in the sixty uh, more the seventies anything else, where you got like you know this. I say new wave of directors. I'm not talking about the the movement of new wave, mm. but uh, in America specifically, you obviously had um, th- this this wave of a very, very controversial working within the studio system, but not really directors like Coppola and Scorsese and mm-hmm. Lucas and Spielberg. And, yada, yada, yada. and they're like, well, we're going to kind of just do this on our own as well. And, and the same, it happened the same thing in twenties and thirties, by the way, mm. um, where you had these people working for big studios and then you'd be like Chaplin and, and Busky made their own studios. Mm. Like we want to make the things we want to make and we're not being bound by your bullshit contract because yeah. we're big enough now that we yes, can do we're that. successful enough that we can precisely your rules. Whereas in the seventies, it was like, no one knows what works. So, we're gonna, doing fine. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to break the rules and you can't yeah. really stop us. That's exactly it. And I think, therefore, it, the music tie-in became a very different thing. And, and it's like, you can't use Mick Jagger as an actor playing fucking Ned Kelly. It's mm-hmm. like, yes, I can. You can't use Chris Christopherson and Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. <laughs> yes, I can. Mm. Why? What? How? Because I can. Fuck yeah. you. And I think it's interesting that, you know, we... Obviously, there are these examples that are very definitely musicians turned actors. Yeah. Um, Someone like Mick Jagger. There are also people who have always, it's just their natural place that they have straddled that gap. So someone like Barbara Streisand, you Mm. know, has always, she started out as a musician um, and became an actor, but she always seems to have had like a foot in both worlds, you know, and I think... It's interesting that there are some people who, like, that is just their natural fit. Yeah. And I think... One of my picks in the second half might be a a person straddling that line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think it's interesting as time has gone on because I think those people in modern cinema struggle to find their place because those roles kind of don't exist anymore. Yeah. Like, you know, think how long Hugh Jackman went before he actually got a big musical role mm. even though he was he came from the world of theater and musicals and was known for that it's so much easier to do that and you you know you can be a tony winning you know musical star mm. and you go over you're like okay i'm gonna go over and be in some hollywood films now and unless you have a, a musical that's successful enough to then get adapted into a film and you get to yeah. play that part you're like oh okay so um I'm going over to films, but they're not going to really use me singing or dancing. Yeah, I've just got to, you know, lean into this. I've just got to be Wolverine now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is literally the you've got multiple attributes and multiple skills. And it's like I'll just harness these for now because that's all they're asking for. But I know I've got these in the bag. I think there are people that that are still out there, like Janelle Monae and Donald Glover and stuff like that. Where you're like, oh no, you are always going to be a performer through and through. Everything about you is like we could put you in any situation. I think you'll be, Mm. you will excel. And it's like it's not just I think inherently about what they want to do. It's that they are capable of doing. Mm. all of it and Streisand is kind of one of those individuals I think but I think nowadays it's much more you have you have to really 
have the determination to build those roles for your, to to build those opportunities for yourself. Sure. Whereas if you go back to the sixties and seventies, it was there was more opportunity existing within Fair. how studios yeah. operated and and what films were being made to do that. Mm. Funny enough, it was Josh Miles's pick last into season when we talked about musicals. And I think musicals oh, yeah. is an interesting thing because you do get that crossover a lot. You get musicians who are then able to be in films and they mm. do their singing and stuff and they you know, they will do mm. like the star performance or whatever, but they also get a little dip their toe in a little bit of acting yeah. and you get that little little sprinkle of like, oh, oh, okay, okay, you can act maybe, like, oh interesting. And I think musicals is that thing again, touching on people like Hugh Jackman, where They've had such a resurgence over the last couple of decades, like in the through the two thousands and now into the twenty twenties. They feel like a big thing again, and they're making lots of money and shit like La La Land and Les Mis and mm-hmm. Cats and other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we would get people like Taylor Swift shows up in Cats for some fucking reason. It's like yeah, okay. but then you also get like Derulo. Yeah, mm-hmm. you also get like Queen Latifah in Chicago, and I'm like. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And these these interesting things where you get moments where they get to flex their chops a little bit, but they don't have to carry the weight of a whole movie. It's not the kind of this full transition, if you will. They still get to kind of, I guess, live in the little comfort of like, I'm still singing, I'm still doing this thing. Mm. You still get that kind of, oh, we know you're going to be good at this bit. So you get a little bit of the acting in there as well, where they can kind of yeah. stretch their legs and maybe like, maybe you'll see if this is for me or not mm. and then maybe yeah. they will transition to more acting stuff or mm. stick with the more music stuff or maybe even dive straight into musicals and, and they'll find that sweet spot there it's mm. it's different to for different people and i think a lot of people use that as kind of the the foot in the door kind of thing for the acting world transitioning yeah. from music and i i think it's also it's very it's very hard to say so if, if you say something like um rocket man you say Taron Egerton can sing really well. He's fucking great. He's great. He's been on stage with Elton John. That's exactly. How he is. Elton think... John was like, "You're better than I was." When I was <laughs> yeah. And you're like, "This is this is this is spectacular." I'm really enjoying this. But also the kind of people he's up against and who's singing alongside him, etc., etc., which is very few and far between. Uh, it's a different experience. Whereas j- just to draw it to Cats for argument's sake, yeah, the almost it's hard because most of the time you will get like not one shot because the industry will be very forgiving for a lot of individuals and say like ah fuck it give them another attempt keep going because their agent's pushy um but i don't have people watching cats and thinking yeah i really want to see a taylor swift or jason derulo performance in another thing maybe it works and eh, maybe Mm. i should be fair you you had the passion you don't want jason derulo screaming milk at you in every role matt not every you role. Love, you love milk. I do love milk, but I don't. You love Jason Derulo. <laughs> I don't really give a shit. About Jason but having said that, there's also the other way around where we're like, oh, I can't wait for Judy Dench to drop an album. Fucking hell, <laughs> the cat is not a dog. It's like <laughs> shit. Slaps. Um, but <laughs> I could lay, you could lay a beat let's behind get, her. Let's get Timberland producing Judy Dench. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, yeah, or, 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 but then. Having said that, as we definitely referenced in the second half, there are times you go, oh, what a fucking disaster. Yeah. Never again. Then seem yeah. a different role and think, actually, with direction and things like maybe yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's going back to your everlasting theory, Matt, that every actor has a role that they'll be perfect good role. in. is a perfect mm. role for everyone somewhere. Yeah. But a lot of the times people make a hundred shit roles <laughs> before they get to that good yeah. one. Or How much? I mean, it's, it's like, people can go an entire career without finding a perfect yeah. role. For like, you can yeah. take a comb into the woods and say, I'm going to cut down a tree with this and go, no you're not but if you cut down all the tre- if you try on every tree one will be so weak and simple and rotten you go <laughs> slide through and go told you <laughs> it's just if you get lucky and get on the first attempt yeah. you go my god what an amazing talent 
Um, moving forward a bit in time, yeah, through the kind of eighties and nineties, it feels like at that point in Hollywood, there is a bit more of a hard division between the world of music and the world of acting. Yeah, there's yeah, it, it's kind of the low point for musicals getting made. So you've got a lot less of people who are existing in both worlds at the same time. I'm not going to say, there's obviously people who are still musicians turned actors in that period, but I think it's, at that point, it's very much the ego-driven people dipping their toe in, rather than the kind of brand stuff, with the with a notable exception, which is rappers at that mm, point, in the, especially so. in yes. the 90s and into the 2000s. 100%. I think it seems to be more common, just from like what we were talking about before we started recording, throwing up some examples of terrible fucking musical careers or attempted musical careers from actors. Mm. The 80s and 90s seems to be more common for it being the other way around. Yes. Where you get, like you said, yeah. the ego-driven actor being like, I'll release an album, fuck you. Yeah. Don't do that, Bruce Willis. Never, <laughs> never do that. Never do that ever again. And you get a lot of that shit where they're just like, I can, I can, mm. I played guitar like twenty years ago. I'll be fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it really feels like as soon as you think about all the actors that have done that kind of stuff, the eighties and nineties really stand out. Mm. And like you said, it's that weird period where there's not much musicals, and it feels mm. like there's a, a stronger divide between mm. this is music, this is film and TV and stuff. Mm. Whereas more people are then going the other way around and being like, "I'm a star, baby. I can yeah. do what I like." And you're like, "Oh no!" And I think mm. it's very notable that when you have musician turned actors there's a lot more people who have then tried to like it has been seen as a real career shift for them and just for example take lady gaga as a recent one yeah it feels like she's very focused on acting now and barely doing music and i think you can go through and look at a lot of people like that and go like oh okay there there was a point where they made a shift in their career and now that they now they've gone from being a musician to being an actor who just happens to maybe occasionally put out an album. I, yeah. Whereas actors turned musicians, it feels a lot more like, yeah, I'll put out an album. Why not? What, what, what harm could hustle. it do? It's a, yeah, it's a side hustle. Yeah. And it's and like Jack said, it's very ego-driven. And it, it especially with the men. Oh, God, yeah. God, <laughs> yeah. It feels so much like, yeah, I can fucking do this, you know. Oh, oh yeah, I used to have a, a a garage. Oh, I've always dreamed of being a rock star. I was in a Bourne film. <laughs> um, Are you? <laughs> yeah, and so you do get you get Russell Crowe and fucking Russell Crowe and Bruce Willis and even like God bless him, Keanu Reeves. I'm going to be an dog star, baby. Yeah. Mm. I'm gonna. Uh, I've made all my money. I'm off. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go and tour the world with Dog Star. <laughs> yeah, go and listen. Go and stick Dog Star into YouTube, folks. You'll regret it, I promise. It's it's one of those Rubbish. things that you can love the the um an individual's set of skills and talents and go, This is magnificent. Doesn't mean it's gonna transition you you have to then love it. and if you don't, it's a betrayal of their acting. It's like mm. no, you can say I don't like this music. I can watch Ken Watanabe performing um in a film and go, Fuck me, this guy's amazing mm. and then see him singing on stage and playing a trumpet and going, It's yeah, fine. Not, I mean, yeah, he's very me, good, thanks. but it's not for me. And I think the 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 number of people who've made the successful jump from actor to musician yeah. is much smaller. Yeah, and agreed. it's and it's almost never a permanent switch. I, I gotta say, I genuinely think that's down to money. Yeah, because the, the, there's there's more money in film and arguably now TV than there ever will be in music at this point because of how the industry has shifted because of streaming and things. And obviously, film sort of taking a similar route, 
but you still have things making 1.6 billion dollars yeah the music industry is a whole different experience a whole different thing Mm. it is reliant as you said earlier about the idea of touring concerts performance there's there's no money in streaming anymore. streaming's not a thing yeah albums aren't a thing thing. and i I genuinely can't think of any actor who has given it up to become a musician there might be a few actors we haven't heard of in a while but like all acting, yeah, they came out to become a musician, and then disappeared into obscurity. Yeah, and we yeah. all forgot they it's existed. It's like when yeah. Mickey Rourke decided to go box for a while. Yeah, he'll but, still be back as an actor. Yes. Same thing with the musicians. Like, and oh, also, come back. And also, he wasn't a very successful boxer. No, no. <laughs> he wanted to try it, messed his face up, came up with different performances. It's, it's people like Lindsay Lohan. She went off and tried uh. to have a pop career, and she basically didn't act in anything for ages. Yeah, she was mm. off doing shitty pop songs. Paris Hilton mm. did the same thing. Paris Hilton did the same. Mm, God, yeah. that that Paris Hilton song is. Fame, the dirt work. Something is, what's worse, her music or her acting? It's a good question. I hate that song. So um, much. I I would say, as I always do, as as Jack had mentioned earlier, she's good in Repo, the genetic opera, because she plays a vacuous heiress <laughs> who has her face replaced all the time and doesn't care about anyone else. I'm like, nice, and she plays it well. Um, music, I don't think she's ever again. It's because she's so. I don't want to sound. Inv- I, I, I'm not someone saying actually she wasn't auto tuned. I don't give a fuck. Mm. There's no soul to her presence. Yeah. To quote or misquote uh, Dream Girls, mm. the reason I picked you is because you don't have a voice. Because <laughs> I can put whatever I need to put in there. That's being said to Beyonce of all people. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and you're like, oh, okay. Um, but it's it's true. It's, sometimes you you are like, you fit close enough, and you can carry enough of a tune mm. in the same way. In, in a very weird transition, George Clooney openly saying when during the recording, "Oh, brother, where art thou?" He can't sing. Mm. said i can carry you mm-hmm. and for some you know full well that somewhere a part of his agency be like that might be enough yeah do you think we can get like maybe a couple of singles out just see up it just just test the water mm. see how it goes guesting on a on a thing mm. can we release the man of constant sorry his own version of it you yeah know? there's always like what angle can we take but the difference is as i said the music industry is not pumping out the numbers they need to move the needle to go it'll be worth it it might be the novelty of, ah, fuck it. In the same way, like appearing on a TV series or yeah. a, a talk show in another country. It's like, it's a paycheck. We'll do yeah. it. But it's, it's not fa- a career That's move. a fascinating example because I love Oh Brother. We're out there. We've, we've talked about the Coen Brothers before on the yes. show. And, how, and we did a whole live stream about it, obviously. Yeah. And the, yeah, the fact that uh, when I first watched that, I didn't know who Dan Tominsky, who actually does the vocal for that, he's... Mm. The reason he's in that is because he's in Alison Krauss's band. He's Alison Krauss's guitarist and backing mm-hmm. vocalist. And she is one of the sirens. Mm. Yep. So it's like, right, okay. So, And I saw George Clooney sing and I was like, that's not George Clooney. Like, I, I've i never heard George Clooney sing, yeah. but I know that's not George <laughs> he Clooney. He mimes it fucking well. He, he did, yeah. Because he did it so well and I was young enough that I was like, is that George? Is that George Clooney? That's <laughs> it. Has he put on like a crazy southern accent? This is yeah. amazing. Yeah. And I was like, hold oh, no, no, no. And A Man of Constant Sorrow is like one of my favorite film songs. Mm. I fucking love that am song. I, am mm. I right in thinking one of the other guys is actually singing? Uh, like, Tim Blake Nelson does. Tim Blake Nelson. Yes. Nelson he, he, he does, he does sing. Yeah. He does um We're in the Jailhouse now when they yeah. when the Soggy Bottom Boy is on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. actually sings that and he can actually sing. Yeah, yeah he can, yeah. And and they all do silly dances and stuff. But yeah, when Dan Tominsky sings on behalf of George Clooney. And mm. again, my mum's a huge Coen Brothers fan. Uh, we were talking about it, and she was like, "Yeah, that's Alison Krauss's like other singer. That's her guitarist." Mm. Oh, <laughs> and I went off and found like him singing it on YouTube mm. and stuff, early days of YouTube. Of course, and we were like, 
bloody hell, so <laughs> it is. Oh, wow. George Clooney did a really good way of miming that. And I, I wonder where that conversation was. Like, if, if it was George Clooney specifically saying, like, I'm telling you, I can't sing. Because mm. enough people given the opportunity to be like, fuck it, I'll give it a go. I'm George Clooney. I'm bulletproof. I can do what I yeah. like. And we're talking about that ego-driven thing. of like, I, I did Batman and, and bounce back. Exactly. Yeah. I had bat nipples and a bat credit card and people still like me and I'm yeah. still the world's sexiest man after that. Somehow. That was that was before Ocean's Eleven. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I can imagine him being doing a Bruce Willis and being like, fuck it, I can do what I like and just yeah. doing I th- that. But- I feel like with a different project that might have happened, but with the Coens, they probably... I'd say they knew and were like, yeah. Yeah, and they have a good enough relationship with Clooney to be like, yes. No, it's, we're going to, we're going to dub you. (laughs) Yeah. And I think he also has that humility that he'd be like, that's fair. Yeah. 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 You get the impression from George. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people have pushed back and go, hmm, I don't think you're right. I'm the star of the show here. Yeah. (laughs) And that arrogance that's seen them through pushes them through even further. Mm. He'd be like, you can dub me. But I'm going to do three pranks on you, and you're not allowed to get me back. <laughs> yeah, that sounds, about, that sounds about fucking right. That also, like you have to look either. after my pig. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think he can sing at all. Probably. Oh no, he down. He was he played Elvis. Damn it, Kurt Russell. Yeah, yeah. Kurt Russell can yeah. sing. It's annoying. Yeah. So when when um um and yet he smashed that guitar. Oh no! <laughs> oh, I'll him every time. Don't look good with the bad. Oh, the hateful eight. Um, ancient guitar story. Go and Google yeah. that if you haven't already heard it. Yeah, exactly. We talked about it on the show a few times before because mm. it's mortifying. <laughs> it makes you want to tear my skin It'll, off. Yeah, it makes Jack yeah. almost weep. <laughs> <laughs> I remember... Oh, now see, here's the thing. With, uh, it's just uh, almost a digression for a second. I remember with Johnny Depp when he did Cry Baby and it was just like a, you know, a thing, but it was mostly going to be, you know. Mm. And then he was asked to do something. I'm trying to remember which one came first, if it was Corpse Bride or if it was... Sweeney Todd but I know for a fact he was like I need to practice this song if I can get the song I can get all of them and it, it's very frustrating because I, I think actually Tina Fey and Amy Poehler did this very well at um, one of the Golden Globes or something one of the awards mm. um, where it's a Sondheim movie and saying like I've never been in one have you been in one? Uh, yeah can't be that hard really? how hard can it be? <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's the same sort of level of it's like, it sounds uh, some theatrical singing sounds wrong mm. even though it's like you, no 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 you have to hit these notes this cadence it's like that sounds shit it's like yeah because they're not using their voice strength they're doing actual singing and so on and so forth but again just to just to cap off the, the it's a key point here cinema has been for the longest of time where the money is mm. so you can do a stint on tv which is again very successful these days it's not considered mm. the relegation it used to be you can do theater for a long time like oh my god you know christian slater's on on broadway in the west end playing you know uh in, in um one for the cuckoo's nest oh my mm. god living his fucking dream finally being jack nicholson yeah um <laughs> And you can go and do music and form a band or, you mm. know, perform the fucking halftime show at, you know, the, the Super Bowl, whatever mm. it is. It's like, great. You're still going to want to go back to cinema, right? Mm. You're still going to want to come back. Even if it's like, you know, a 10 year break, whatever it is, that's when you know, in inverted commas, you're, to quote Keanu Reeves, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Because <laughs> it's like, he didn't really go anywhere. It's like, well, yeah. I did with my guitar. Nobody cared. Mm. No, no offense to you. I mean, again, from an artist enjoy that shit yeah do what you need to do go fucking paint i'm not gonna put up in my gallery mm, yeah but go do it because you like doing it great oh it's interesting i'm not gonna stick on this tangent for too long but touching mm. on keanu reeves he plays a rock star ridiculous over the top oh, character yeah. inside punk 2077 which i'm playing right now the, the video game that is finally working enough <laughs> to yeah. be playable after function originally being released 18 months ago and being broken and controversial as fuck yep but yeah he plays a character called johnny silverhand who is 
the front man of a band called Samurai because mm. cyberpunk. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's a weird thing because you can tell he's having a good time. Like, yeah, he's just jamming on his guitar and singing like how you would imagine Keanu Reeves to sing. Mm. Not really. <laughs> um, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. Well, so you don't actually... I'm doing a disservice. You don't actually... You're not. You don't actually <laughs> see him sing. He mostly does the, like, intro to, hey, everybody, this next song is called blah, 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 blah. And then he'll do a guitar, guitar solo. Yeah. And then that's it. <laughs> they cut away before he starts singing. It's like... Yeah, you did that for a reason, didn't you? Yeah. He played bass in Dogstar for a reason. <laughs> didn't he? he was he wasn't the front man in Dogstar, by the way, folks. He just played bass in the mm. background mm. and he was fine. As a bass player myself, yeah. he was fine. I don't think <laughs> that's insulting because that's like one of the main jokes of all the Bill and Ted movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, so talk about actors, um, you know, musicians musicians and there's the key word here. Trying their hand at acting and there are very few who go, ah, no, not for me. Mm. And then are pulled away as fast as possible. There are some ones like, oh, this is a car crash. Get them mm. out of there. But it's mostly cameos mm. where they're usually playing themselves. themselves. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when we were doing research for this, just scrolling through, we're like, what? Wait, they've been in movies. What have they been? Oh, they're just themselves. It's mm. a cameo. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, they're in the background and stuff. Like, you get the main characters go to a show and oh mm. look it's famous musician number 65 on yeah. stage and yeah. hey hey y'all it's me I let me sing my song and then there's characters having a conversation yeah. and you can instantly hear this famous song <laughs> in the background because they had the license for it it's like yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah and then and then maybe they sneak backstage and the rock star gets to do a funny like oh my god it's you guys 30 hey. seconds joke yeah. thing 100% yeah. Alice Cooper and uh we're not worthy. Well, yeah, we're again, not worthy. This performance is all right. Um, hey, yeah, yeah. The one I was gonna again, I was, I, I literally changed it twice, but, but as we've been recording, I've changed my picks. Yeah, times as well. but I've gone back to my original choice. But the whole playing yourself thing is a hindrance. So, for example, one of the worst performances I've ever seen <laughs> in like I'm, I'm acting now. Like, fuck, are you really? <laughs> Jesus. Um, is it Jesus? Who? It, wow. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's Ed Sheeran. Oh God! Oh. And I know he plays himself, but in yesterday oh. he plays himself for so long that like, he's playing a character mm. himself. So it's like, well, you're actually acting here. You're not playing. Well, just... He is also in Game of Thrones. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 actually, he acting. is. But he just basically just sings. He just sings. He doesn't really yeah. do much. Yeah. But in yesterday, he is fucking god awful. Yeah. And it's just his timid awkwardness of like, oh, I'm, I'm, oh, oh, it just doesn't work. Because he is like that in real life. Yeah. He's just mm. an awkward bloke from Suffolk. Like he has a little <laughs> strop because you know I think it's like. It's like, oh, we're gonna have, you and me, we're gonna have a song write off, and like, who, who's gonna write the better song? And like, you know, you got like ten minutes to write a song, and he just d- pushed out a little Ed Sheeran <laughs> thing. And I'm like, great, sounds yeah. like every other dismissible bland Ed mm. Sheeran thing I've ever heard in my life. Sorry, Sheeran fans. And then you know, obviously the other side of it, it's a cover. Uh, he, of... he made more money than any musician has ever made in a single calendar Jack, year. The other year, so I'm sure he's fine. I don't know what the official medical term is for the pain in my gut right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just going to call it Ed Sheeran. <laughs> that makes me very uncomfortable. Um, but uh, as makes it just as uncomfortable as when they said that the most influential person to uh, African American music today is Ed Sheeran, and you're like, oh Christ, <laughs> really? What? That was a big thing I announced at some point. Yeah, oh, he, he, didn't he win a Mobo or I something so, like that? Oh yeah. no! Like, I I don't want to tell him what to do but i'm like he's the Ooh. whitest man ever yeah he's whiter than me yeah but somehow he um that he has this little thing where he's doing and, and the other side of it is uh one of the beatles songs basically and it's yeah. like blackbird or something like that and i was like and he goes yeah that was uh that was great and strops off i'm like what a prick and mm. i know it's the kind of character he's playing but it just 
I don't know. There's no performance. It's so <laughs> flat. It's so painful. And, and it's like, and the best thing, the thing is that that's the best they could get. That yeah. is the best they could get of this take. So I guess that's as close as we're going to get to an actual performance. So that's a day, everybody. That's lunch. It's mm. like, fuck me. He's bad. I think let's stick on that little musicians playing themselves a bit. Cause yes. I'm, there's two things that kind of spring to my mind when thinking about that. It's the dipping in the toe in the water thing again. Mm. It's yep. the, I'm not, I'm not acting. I'm not starring, but. I was in that movie. Yeah, it, guys. Remember when I was in that movie? Yeah. And I was myself because I'm a big deal. And then maybe they were quite good and they get acting roles from mm. that. And that's mm. that sneaky little, with as little effort as possible, you get your foot in the door of the acting world and there you go. Mm. Ta-da. Here's yeah, a new yeah, career yeah. for you if you are any good. And the other thing is, it's more difficult to play yourself than a lot of people think it is. That's true. <laughs> mm. Like, as, as easy as it sounds to just be like, Ed Sheeran is being Ed Sheeran. It's not like they just filmed him in his home he's still on a set with makeup and cameras and lights mm. and lines to remember potentially and all this kind of stuff yeah but alice cooper's lines i know he talked about enjoying working with um dana carvey and mike myers because mm. they're improv guys and whatever he would say to them they would react in character yeah he's saying that oh it was really comfortable and stuff because i could basically just say whatever i like mm. and we did like 15 different takes each one of them is different and they will just pick a good one and it'll be fine the anti beyonce mm. Sure. <laughs> I, I think that has, this is my theory anyway, Ooh, a then. little bit to do with how much the musician has a stage persona yes. that they uh, kind of think of definitely. as separate to their actual self. Alice Cooper is a perfect example. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Ed Sheeran being at the other end of the spectrum, because I'd imagine he puts, he's, he's there's, in his mind, he's just going on stage and being himself. He's just, he's a, just bloke. a walking tin of beans. Yeah. And it's like, I'm a tin of beans. Put me down. Here's a tin of beans. Like, yeah. I, I expected something else here. Well, I'm a tin of beans. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Literally is what it says on the can. When Alice yeah. Cooper is famous from going like, feed my Frankenstein. Whip, 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 whip. Whips of blood and chains yeah. and stuff. They're so like, I really enjoy playing golf and just yeah, yeah. he, he tell, explains the origins of Milwaukee. Yeah. Actually, it's yeah. pronounced Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah. It's Native yeah. American. <laughs> but also, because he that's... is a golf playing old yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. if you get things like, weirdly enough, Lil John and um, <laughs> in performances, you're like, oh, he's just going to be like, yeah, yeah. All the time, it's like, actually, no, okay. It's just like, you know what I need? It's like, oh, it's just being a normal dude. It's like, yeah. But then you also have things like, say for argument's sake, like Eminem in the interview. It's a very small little, silly little bit. Mm. But he's cultivated a heightened version of himself so or much. Or in 8 Mile. 8 Mile he's is sort of playing himself. That's the thing. Ish, he's playing But a, not really. Yeah, he's playing a written character by a director who knows how to fucking direct yeah. an mm. individual. Like that. And it's like, yeah, the, you're actually getting a performance. Sure, it's rooted in something earnest and honest and true for him. Whereas in the interview, it's like, I'm playing a heightened, silly version of myself. Mm. Great, we can, we can play with that. But it's like, you're playing a character that's, that you can identify and empathize with. That's fantastic. Or a situation you can identify with. Mm. But it's not him per se. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a separation. I think, mm. I want, yeah, I want to kind of use that to circle back around to yeah. the 90s, 2000s and rappers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because... It's extraordinary. Like going through the list of musicians who've become actors or tried to become actors. Yeah. There's so many rappers on there. Yep. And I think. Very much so. It's a lot, you know, to, to kind of jump off what we were just talking about. Like so much of rap is about creating a persona mm. and talking of, uh, and very much like relating your personal story 
but also you know a certain amount of exaggerating and, and self-mythologizing Definitely. of that and i know you can say that about most music but i think there's you know there's different levels of it well rappers mm. also have a, often have a rap name right you yeah. get ice cube ice tea mm. common all mm. these people mm. where it's like yeah i don't know what their names are their actual birth names are off the top of my head without yeah. looking up like oh is it like what's ice cube's real name like ocean yeah. jackson is O'Shea Jackson Jr. is yeah, that makes yeah. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you have to like really think about it. And I think you're totally right. That's part of that persona, right? That's yeah, there's already a degree of distance. Separation mm-hmm. from yeah. yourself there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So is it like when you cast Ice Cube, are you casting Ice Cube or are you casting O'Shea Jackson? Like, yeah. There's that interesting thing, and maybe in some roles he's being closer to his on stage, on mic persona, mm. for want a better phrase. Sure. And sometimes he's being more like how mm. he would be with his kids and his family and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's a fascinating thing. And we've, I, we already mentioned earlier on, like skits on rap albums, there is yeah. already that tradition of performance and comedy and stuff like that that comes out of hip hop and rap. Yeah. And yeah, you get to the 90s, and as much as we say, like, there's, there's you know, quite a hard wall in a lot of Hollywood, there's a huge number of people who are starting out as rap artists, hip-hop artists, and then crossing over. And a lot of it is, as we said, mm. playing themselves to start with. But then you get films, you know, the like Friday and, and a bunch of stuff like that, Barbershop yeah. and all these kind of things that are leveraging, you know, their popularity, especially within the black community, mm. to then cross over into acting. And then you end up with Ice-T on... Law and Order. Or yeah, yeah. Is it Law and Order or CSI? He's One on, on, he's on yeah. Law and Order. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I used to keep going in literally from NWA stuff and his solo career to Boys in the Hood and being like, yeah. fuck this guy's good. And mm. producing straight out of Compton. Exactly. That's the full circle that, there. Yeah. Like, you have gone oh, transition. Then his yeah. son is playing himself. His son is acting <laughs> as himself, his dad. Yeah. His son is an actor. He is a rapper and also an actor. Yeah. And it, then we yeah. also talked about Easy E's son auditioned to play yes. Easy E. And we've touched on this sh- on the show before, I'm sure. But he didn't get the role. Despite the fact yep. he looks exactly like Eazy-E did back then, and he's yeah. basically the same age. But they were like, no, we're casting people who are appropriate for these roles. Yeah. And I fuck it, I think Straight Outta Compton is a fantastic fucking movie. Love that movie. But like, it's fascinating to see that, you know, like, O'Shea Jackson also really looks like a young Ice Cube, mm. which yeah. also helps. Yeah. O'Shea Jackson and Jr. And he went to a Godzilla film. <laughs> it, exactly, yeah. And you get these things where it's like, oh, that's interesting. And you're getting the, you know, the kids of rappers who are now growing up being actors first mm. or growing up and acting and rapping and doing that yes. dual role, yes. dual, dual identity kind of thing we were talking about earlier as well. It's really interesting seeing how this like stage persona and music and acting thing evolves through generations of people coming through the entertainment mm. industry as well. Mm. I find it really, really interesting. Yeah, you do wonder how many rappers are saying to their kids like, no, no, don't become a rapper. Become an become an actor. That's yeah. where the money is. Back, yeah. back in my day, I made loads of money doing shows. Yeah. I sold yeah. out Madison Square Garden. Blah blah blah. All this kind of stuff. Do, do the music. It'll be great. But really, you feel, end up feel free to do music, but yeah. make sure you have a career that makes money <laughs> because it's incredibly difficult to make money with music now. Yeah. And it's never more accessible. It's never been. There's never been a time in the world, in the history of the world, mm. that it's easier to make music mm. with my laptop and this mic. I could record an entire album just with mm, the bits and pieces I true, have in my flat. Yeah. It would sound like shit because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but like, there's never been a more accessible time to make movies, to mm. make music, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's so difficult to actually really break out into that career. The saturation and, is the problem. Yeah, yeah. Oversaturation and, and like we said, streaming basically killing the album industry and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I wonder, I think you're right, Tim, a lot of people be like, don't don't follow in my footsteps. Like that's not a viable <laughs> option at this point. Yeah, I think there's 
with like for example tiktok it's like it, t- it doesn't take long for a song to, or a snippet of a song to go like oh my god that's the sound of of this month or this and then that era. song goes to number one shortly afterwards yeah that keeps happening yeah, yeah. it's mad um but then just to cap off again we in a purely cyclical rhyming nature of everything disney oh yeah um so you have two aspects to this one is Disney in the 90s stepping away from we want to use fundamentally just voice actors and trained voice actors to we're going to get actors involved as in live action people you're associating names you can mm. you sell the thing on uh, which is a didn't Robin Williams as Genie precisely big big catfish who's the big famous voice actor in fucking Beauty and the Beast uh, the guy from weird enough Law and Order again playing, <laughs> a, playing yep. a candlestick it's like nobody was selling it on that he just happened to be in there um and then you get like, you know, Mel Gibson's in Pocahontas and like, oh, oh, okay, <laughs> sure. Um, but then the other dis- side of Disney aspect of that as well is the Disney TV stuff. It's yes. The Disney kids things. The produce- triple threat that Jack mentioned right at the beginning exactly. is very much still a thing there. Yeah. And interestingly, seems to have become more of a farm for successful musicians than actors. But mm-hmm. a lot of people, so for, take for example, Selena Gomez. Sure. Who, who's still dabbling in both. She was in uh, Only Murders in the Building recently and done some films. Yeah. Hotel Transylvania is a big thing, I think. Yeah. In terms of, like, numbers. Yeah. But, yeah, started out in a Disney show. Um, Olivia Rodrigo, um, yeah. who had a big yeah. album yeah. last year, I want to say. Time is time a flat is, Time is a flat circle. <laughs> Sometime during the pandemic. Yeah. Previously, in my life. <laughs> yeah. That And that comes from her starring on in High School Musical, the series The Musical, I believe oh God, is yeah, yeah, is yeah. the thing. Um, yeah, because you you got Ariana Grande and yeah. all the Victoria Justice people. Uh, arguably Miranda Cosgrove. You've yeah. got Selena uh, Gomez. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've got uh, Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus. Hayley Steinfeld. Was she technically of that ilk and era? I'm not no, sure. No, she was. Just she happened to do was music as well. An actor who then went into music. She's and that yeah. transition. Yeah. yeah, like Zendaya. Zendaya. Mm. Yeah, because he was an actor then a musician. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's the whole. I mean, because arguably the Disney club stuff, late 80s, early 90s kind of thing, where you had Ryan Gosling and uh, Christina Aguilera and mm. um, Britney Spears and stuff. Justin yeah. Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. That's, a, that's a very different era yeah. of yeah. we're trying to get these. Like, what's their talent? Throw everything at them and see what works. Yeah. We'll, we'll get something out of these fucking kids. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's hideously factory farmed. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It's like, well, they, yeah, that's, they're investing. They're, mm. they're buying low and selling high, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that classic marketing Gross. shit um so yeah it's it's a it's a weird situational state to be in and there are times when actors and 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 again let's make that something there's a there's a there's a threshold where you go share is a as a singer and then you go shares won an oscar well what do i call her now it's like <laughs> yeah just and then and it's interesting because nobody wants to say share is an actor first and foremost because mm. sometimes we think of the songs so you end up saying share is share <laughs> Share is share, to be fair. That's the thing. You end up saying, well, they don't, no, they don't count. It's like, why not? Like, it's huge. an entertainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, you end up a, a handful of individuals. A entertainer. Yeah. Were a you, great like... Twitter user. And, and <laughs> she's fantastic on Twitter. Fair play. Um, yeah, so it, it's, it, you almost transcend the label. Then mm. you go into full-on EGOT territory, and you're like, you know yeah. what? Mm. I'm doing all of it. Well, what's an EGOT, Matt, for the listeners who don't My know? Point. It's when you, uh, a, a very small handful of individuals who have been awarded an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony, which is uh, the four prestige, or arguably prestigious things for That's an Emmy being for TV. TV, music, yeah. film, and, and theatre. Yeah. Mm. Now, admittedly, what 
that really means is you have to sing real fucking good and have one of your mm. songs used in a film and one of your songs used in a play and yeah. be in that play itself and things. That's... Or be a composer. Uh, that's exactly... Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Compose good music for all of these things. Yeah, because I know that uh, like uh, Whoopi Goldberg is one of the winners of it and yeah. people mm. are like, really? I think, yeah, she sings. Yeah. You've seen Sister Act? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, of course, of course. Because <laughs> it depends on what your association with that individual is. Mm. I know um, this might be the year that Manuel Miranda gets it, possibly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, probably. <laughs> but it's one of those things people hunt out. Like, I, it's a status mm. thing because it's such a, again, it's a small, I mean, what's the, what's the phrase? Like, more people have walked on the moon that have gone ego up sort of thing. Something like that. Something, yeah. some nonsense. Mm. And again, it comes back around to applying your talent in multiple ways mm. as i said the, the best way is just assuming oh i'm a creative individual i can do this mm. like uh and, and that john lennon quote of like give me a tuber i'll give you something out of it yeah you know it's like it's like let's say let, like lin-manuel miranda it's like my mm. god is there anything that man can't do mm. you know there's a point of ego and confidence and maybe fear as well if you very much <laughs> overly read into one of the songs in encanto um, <laughs> about the pressure of all these things mounting up like one day i'm gonna fuck up um <laughs> And it's like, just someone slaps down a bunch of clay in front of me. Like, right, make me a pot, motherfucker. Like, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> I can't do this. Ah, oh, what a failure. Yeah. Can't do anything. It's like, even more talented than most people in this fucking room. But yeah. So as of 2020, there are 16 EGOT winners. It's only 16. I've heard I of about half of them. <laughs> it's because, again, they'll probably be background They're individuals. a bunch of, like, 50s and 60s mm. people and stuff like this. Um, Confirms what we were saying Composers. Earlier. There's a mixture mm. of composers, actresses, conductors, all kinds of stuff. Mm. Uh, Richard Rogers Of Rogers and Hammerstein, I presume? Yes, there you go, Rogers and Hammerstein. Thank you, Tim. Helen Hayes rings a bell, but don't know why. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rings a bell, but Rita Marino. Yes, obviously. Uh, yeah, yeah. John Gilgood. Yep, yep. <laughs> Actor, director. Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, obviously. Yep. yep. But Mark... again, all of these people are well, not all, but dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there's a brilliant. There's a the year it was completed. The span in which it took them. So, for example, it took Helen Hayes 45 years to go from winning the first to the second, to, to completing the whole thing, sorry. God damn. Uh, age at completion, 76 for Helen Hayes, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, going through, of course, Audrey Hepburn just mentioned Marvin Hamlish. I don't recognize that name personally. No. He's a composer, apparently. Uh, Jonathan Tunick, not Tudick. <laughs> not, oh, Alan, not Alan Tudick. Hamlish is the way we were, motherfucker. Ah, there we go. There yeah, we go. yeah, yeah. Uh, Jonathan Tunick, Mel Brooks. Yeah, we all know Mel mm-hmm. Brooks. Uh, Mike Nichols. Yeah, director, I know him. Yeah. Director, comedian. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg. There mm-hmm, she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Rudin, producer. Yep. Mm-hmm. Robert Lopez, composer. Composer did yeah. uh, Frozen and stuff like Correct. that. Correct. Yep. Yep. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Uh, fucker. Uh, and at the same, and, <laughs> <laughs> famous fucker. Yeah. And, and at the exact same time, walking hand in hand with him. Tim Rice. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next one, if I remember correctly, is a very recent one, isn't it? There's two very recent ones. Okay, okay. John Legend. There it is. In mm. 2018. I think he's one of the one who like whipped through like a like a, like mm. in a heartbeat, like, oh shit. He yeah. took the second least amount of time. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. The, fa- the fastest is Robert, Robert Lopez. Lopez with ten uh. years to do all four. Mm. John Legend took twelve years to do all four. Mm-hmm. And Alan Menken is the most recent one. Mm. Yeah, you think Menken would be in like Earlier, but goddamn. Yeah, yeah. Rob, R- Lopez and Legend are both the youngest as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lopez yeah. got it at thirty-nine, and John Legend got it at thirty-nine years and eight months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there you go. To put that into perspective, sixteen people ever 
Yes. I've gotten all four of these things. Yeah. So. And again, we know how the industry works. We know how awards work as well. It's a local competition. And I want to just close off this 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 half with just a very quick mention that we are talking very strongly about America again because we do in a lot of these episodes because it's where the big money is. But uh, the idea of being the all singing, all dancing, there are parts of the world where that is still the case. Bollywood motherfuckers. Yeah. You, if if you every film has a big dance number precisely. and multiple songs, and if you can't do it, you don't get cast. There are a handful of actors who don't sing well, yeah, and they have to really push on other things, <laughs> and they'll still get them singing something at the end of the day. But the industry is so, dr- and it's never had that dip. They've never had the separation of like, well, if you want to be an actor, you have to be able to sing and dance. It's like, are you sure? It's like, well, even like the biggest action movies suddenly have a dance number at the end. And you're like, well, they all got married and everything's fine, and he's singing and dancing at his wedding. Like, yeah, okay, yep. yeah, yeah, that's the thing. No, I, I think there's some fantastic, and that's the thing. The talent is astounding, and the, the the things people are being expected to do. It's it's the same way. Like, oh, do you want to be on the on the screen, whatever screen happens to be? Sure. Then you better get your body in working order. Yeah. Better be like as hench or as tiny as we want you to be. Blah blah blah. But similarly with um parts of China and Japan and and um Korea and things, it's like you better be able to sing. And it's like, oh, mm. I'm doing is voice acting. Yeah, sing, sing, mm. motherfucker. Like in Japan, you have the idol kind of industry Idols, that's going anime. on they do all that kind of stuff they act in anime yep. stuff they yep. sing they dance they have brands they do merchandise mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they do advertising for stuff and all this crazy yeah, shit yeah. and then on the in the korean side of things you've obviously got the big k-pop Korea, bands and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah and it's a huge huge industry around that and mm. they will often start as it, it's almost like the disney thing where they're they got when they're super young and molded by the corporations that's, yeah, that's exactly into it. the perfect thing the perfect whatever the people want now you will sell you you will sell this thing and you are the perfect epitome of this Mm. teenager or whatever often quite literally molded given the amount of plastic surgery (laughs) in south korea it's very true brutal yeah Yeah. it's a terrifying industry yeah so this is a thing that is uh global i mean south america is huge for it yeah south america is huge for it it's like Mm. if you want to be and then and central america parts of mexico as well it's like the idea of like what an amazing actor they can sing and and, and play instruments right mm. well of course they fucking can a, part, a lot of lot of europe it's like you you'll be able to sing right it's like yeah mm. yeah yeah <laughs> britain is a weird one mm. we like a bit of a line we like we like a we spice girl or two turning up in things as a spice girl we don't want to see yeah, them we like doing spice a, world yeah we don't mm. want them seeing like a, 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 like a feature performance of them do things but it's a mm. i think in in britain there's very much a class thing to it that's true i think welcome the, to britain tim yeah <laughs> everything, everything's <laughs> a class everything's thing yeah. yourself <laughs> was a weird example because yeah he went off and became a dj and stuff yeah and quite a successful of, dj dress, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Dress. like acting is still kind of seen associated with like theater the and shakespeare darling. Yeah. Bins, darling even though like alan rickman and stuff was from two two examples alan rickman and dave bowie both from working class families yeah, yeah. Two pinnacles of British excellence in acting and music and acting. Um, yeah. But at the same time, we're still seeing it as a lead in for, well, you have to go from a certain background if you want to do yeah. this. Singing, of course, you can do that everywhere. And then, and then you style. get like a Shane Ritchie where it's like, yeah, I'll do a bit of singing, bit of dancing, yeah. bit, bit of acting. I'll be on EastEnders. Oh, fucking yeah. hell. No, thank you, Shane. Danny Sorry. Dyer squatted out an album at any point. <laughs> oh, his daughter has. Course. Who's also called Danny Dyer? Danny and Danny. Yeah, they have a TV show called Danny and Danny. <laughs> I know that much. Fucking do. Yeah, and he's Danny Dyer, and he <sighs> believes in UFOs, which is my favourite TV special of all time. <laughs> it's so if, if you can find the YouTube clips of Danny Dyer believes in UFOs, 
It's one of my favourite Just things. the clip of him talking to Patrick Moore. Yes. I respect that geezer. Nice. Fucking <laughs> mental. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. We should uh, probably think about some of the highs and lows of mm. these individuals. Mm. Some, yes. of the, some, of the, some of the missed opportunities and stuff. Yeah. Mm. So let's dive into some good and bad examples of musicians turned actors, shall we, gentlemen? Well, before before we kind of get into that, because, and like like Jack said, usually we do just good things in the second half of these type of episodes, but we are <laughs> going to highlight some bad as well. Yes, um, we're still sequelizers. We still need to talk about the bad <laughs> occasionally. Yeah, I, I actually have a question for you two. Are there any musicians you would like to see act? Oh, Tim. Tim, I've already made that happen. It's called Jack Lawrence William Chambers. <laughs> <laughs> I put him in super happy yeah. kill time. Um, I have question. music on Spotify. Technically, I'm a musician. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. He, you you count. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, God, I am. I'm a triple threat, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need you two anymore. <laughs> this, I'm off to Hollywood. This is how it fucking starts. That's a 31-year-old British guy. That's a good question, Tim. It's a very good question. I assume... Still alive, not yes. like all time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're not we're not time traveling back, and you know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Putting okay. I don't know Beethoven actually in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, <laughs> very good. Very good. Scrolling through my Spotify, don't I'm mind. actually gonna do the same thing. Sound like a bunch of like European metal bands, which doesn't really work. <laughs> I can't imagine like. I don't know, Joe from Gojira just being showing up, <laughs> being very French. <laughs> Turns up in an episode of Holby City. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a one, someone in mind, Tim, since you brought up the subject? The one that jumps to mind for me, the, I have no idea if he would be good, but I think he would be interesting, is uh, in the right role, uh, obviously. That, that's uh, the caveat we have for this yes, whole section, by yeah. the way. It's got to be the right role for them. Yeah. Of course. Uh, is John Darnielle of the Mountain Goats. Oh, yeah. Interesting. I think he's just got a very... He's got a very good presence and personality. He's a really interesting guy, and I could see him doing something... He's he's actually very nerdy as well, but not in a kind of geeky way, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. More in a... I own a van that has a wizard painted on it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, so I, I can see him playing like I don't know I can see him showing up in like Stranger Things as being the guy who runs like a record store in town Ooh, or something yeah, like definitely, that definitely. Uh, and, and, and doing that well see I feel like my picks are people who I think are on the verge of it mm. so uh, weirdly enough Uh-oh. Halsey and oh, I know okay. that she's had like appearances when she's been in bits mm. about herself and doesn't SNL stuff. I'm like, no, I could see that. Um, weirdly, Billie Eilish, I think, could be quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Fucking Killer Mike. I know he's done some mm-hmm. acting stuff, Killer but I want to see like, like a really good dramatic mm. role. Um, That's Killer Mike from From the Jewels. From the Jewels. Yeah. I, I, again, there are a handful of people I think have already sort of dipped the toe in and mm. are already getting there. It's really difficult. That's genuinely difficult one for me. Very contemporary options for you there, Matt. I'm very impressed. I am nothing. You're like Trent Reznor. Unpredictable. Um, nah, I don't think Reznor will work. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, he's too close off. Yeah, a lot of the bands I like, I don't really. They're not outgoing person. No. No, 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 I don't think they. I know Maynard James Keenan from Tool's been in a couple of bits and pieces. But yeah, like, he's really he's got small that like, personality. Yeah, he works for it, yeah. Again, it's that showmanship nature of front manning. When he's not off making wine or whatever the fuck yes. he does these days. It's a good documentary. 
a lot of Emma's tasty music would make sense. Again, people like Halsey. That's like because the, it's marketable the, the, stuff, the, isn't the it? Pop group kind of pop artist kind of stuff. Yeah, there's that marketability to them. The the young dynamic kind of. I could see yeah, Till Lindemann playing a serial killer, <laughs> lead singer Ramstein. Yeah. I mean, a couple of his music videos have basically been porn. <laughs> One of them is literally porn. Literally porn. <laughs> yeah. For the song Pussy. <laughs> oh, no. That is, but they had their faces superimposed. But there is one he did for, a spin, for his band, Lindemann, oh, with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's literally like all this crazy music video. It's like, what is it? It's like, well, we just hired some. Um, I don't know if they're necessarily prostitutes or, or porn stars, but they're just like, we're just going to show him fucking them. It's like, great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think he could have quite a menacing presence as a villain. Clearly. Yeah. With his dick out <laughs> in a hotel room. Deep German. I feel like, would he be like the modern day, when Werner Herzog shows up or something and he just makes everyone feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> Till Lindemann would be like, hello. Be like, oh, oh, he's weird. That's creepy. Yeah, he does, he does an excessive amount of acting in his music. And again, the, the music video acting performance. Yeah. I think there's an element yeah. of transition there. It's like, mm. well, you're already learning certain certain mm. lines. And you're already mm. giving these performances anyway. Mutter, he gives a bit of a duality performance. Like, sure, I can make it yeah. work. Fuck yeah. it. There's there's another one that I wouldn't want now, and I'm not sure I would actually want to have happened. But I'd like. Are you curious? About I'd it? like. I'd like to. I'd like to it. I'd like it to have got as far as you know. You've got those like behind the scenes shots of mm. Nicolas Cage costume testing a Superman. Oh, God. oh okay, okay, yeah. okay. Because Glenn Danzig really wanted to be Wolverine. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he really did. And I'd love to, like, if it got as far Danzig. as, like, a, a costume test or something, but with proper, like, yellow spandex. Yeah. Wasn't he in Aquatine Hunger Force as, as <laughs> yes, himself? Yes, he is, yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a terrifying man. He never wears a shirt. I don't want to go back over there. <laughs> what are you doing over here? <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, I think everything... No matter how old, no matter how absurd, like, oh, you know, Phil Collins, like, Phil Collins was an acting career. It's like, oh, oh, okay, well, what about, and then you just insert a name here, like, what about Sting? Mm. I will kill him! It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Fucking it's like Sting in Dune. Yeah. It's like... Uh, With his little metal pants. Yeah. Geordie Bean and Lockstock. <laughs> yeah. Famous cockney Sting. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I think there's... It's almost like an inevitability. Like, yeah, it's possible. Mm. All it takes is for one. All it takes mm. is for us to say out loud, an agent to hear it and say, "Let's give it a fucking go." Yeah. Interestingly, someone who I would have said this about a few years ago, but has started this transition already, is Scroobius Pip. Ah, uh, yeah, he's he's right. been showing up in a bunch of like mm. crime drama and stuff. stuff wasn't like, he? Yeah, 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 taboo and stuff like that. He's great. He's got an interesting look and a presence to him, and he has that kind of yeah intimidating kind of vibe to him and he can also be very friendly and very nice he's got this interesting he's dynamic on, on whip screen star, whip, whip smart motherfucker yeah he's so he good. is fantastic yeah. podcast host if you haven't heard distraction mm. pieces fantastic interview yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah amazing spoken word artist and musician and poet yeah. and all that kind of stuff as well yeah. so yeah 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 I, 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 I'm going to it because I love Scooby's Pit but yeah I, I could see that Me working too. so well um, I think he's, he's con- he did a Real on his Instagram not so long ago. Yeah, so it was his acting real. It was like, yeah. I'm, this is my new plan for like 2022. Kind of thing. See, it wheels emotion. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. So let's talk about people. Some people who aren't very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Some people who maybe should have just stopped. Yeah. So my choice is very difficult because when we were going through this, we said we we're going to have um a really good example of like this person is almost regardless of their music career is an amazing performer in terms of acting. And then on the other spectrum, like someone who is disappointing or has failed or is, is just shit. 
my um my choice now originally it was beyonce and i was like because she has a lot of weaknesses but she's pretty good in dream girls and stuff like that but mm. you know all you need to do is play out one clip from lion king or <laughs> her flailing a bit as we talked about in we discussed austin powers precisely yeah. But there's enough potential there. But there is one person who is in one of the worst films, giving one of the worst performances, and another film giving such a spectacular performance. You're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Do you just not give a shit? Yeah. And considering the person, no, maybe they don't. <laughs> and that person is Mariah Carey. Um, for those who don't know, I don't know much about Mariah Carey, despite being from the '80s, and <laughs> you know. I, you know, in, in the height of her singing career, mm. as we discussed before the, the we recorded the show, I don't think I can name a single Mariah Carey song that isn't that Christmas song. Yeah. Um. And and Tim and and Jack were playing like, what about this? What about this? I'm like, I mean, kind of, yeah, maybe. But I'm yeah. just no. I'm mean, uh, other similar sounding tracks by other people, of course. And I know obviously she's very talented in terms of her octave range, yada yada yada. Great. But she's not an actor. So in the early 2000s, when she turned up and specifically was in Glitter. Yes. 2001. Which was a, a starring role vehicle basically just for her. Precisely. And the this poster was... is just a big picture of her with the word glitter underneath. It, it looks like it's a fucking poster for a concert. Yeah, it looks like an album cover. It, precisely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would have gone with advert for perfume. <laughs> <laughs> that works Fair too. Enough. She has a perfume. Yeah. Because um, she's a full-on brand. Mm. And oh, absolutely. Everything yeah. about her, yeah. her personality and everything mm. is, is brand, brand, brand. And she sells all the stuff. She, you know, it's, it's all about the personality. And she's one of those individuals who is like, you know, she's doesn't necessarily have an on-stage uh, character, persona, or name. It's just, this is Mariah Carey. That's all of it. She is known as this big fucking diva. Mm-hmm. Insanely talented and fucking knows it. That mm-hmm. kind of thing. Similar time around when, like, Britney Spears within Crossroads and things. Like, oh, we're going to launch these big careers. It's like, mm-hmm. this could be a valid vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> like a pteranodon taking a shit. <laughs> It sounded like a crow that's been made to listen to Mariah Carey. Bad crow. Yeah. <laughs> Bad crow, Mariah Carey. Carey. Yeah. Good crow, Janelle Monáe. Oh. Um, oh. Seriously, I think that's great. Um, and Glitter was, some would say unsurprisingly, shite. shite. It was so <laughs> shite. It was badly uh, done from the ground up. Yeah. There, is, there are very, very few redeeming qualities to that. And... A lot of the time you think, oh, is it because she doesn't give a shit? She's not turned up. It's like, no, 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 no. It's just bouncing off the walls. Nothing is landing. It's terrible. It's unengaging. It's, and it feels like, it's, it feels like you're almost punching down. Like you're, you're beating up a kid in a playground. It's like, I don't think I'm actually, you know, giving good insight as to why it's a bad film. It's like, it's just, it's just badly constructed. It's just a shit movie. Um, and there are very few, the only people who really defend it are hardcore Mariah Carey fans who will say, no, it's great. She tried. Fuck you. I'm like, yeah, sure, fine. You can you can have that angle if you want, no problem at all. Now, then it becomes interesting, and this is why she's my pick. Because from that point, you're like, oh yeah, dog shit, terrible career. Why would you even bother? Stick to your fucking lane, whatever. Glitter, co-starring Max Beasley. Yep. <laughs> okay. I did see. I didn't realize it was directed by Vondi Curtis Hall, yep. who's mm-hmm. great usually. Yep. That's the thing. It's like, how did this get? Is it just a case of someone was an ill fit? Is it just that it was? doomed from the ground up because of the it wasn't strong enough in terms of story or structure what, what was the problem well you mentioned glitter is considered it's one of the biggest box office bombs ever sure one of the worst films ever what did you think it has on rotten tomatoes gentlemen oh, it's gotta be i've there. got it in front of me right here i'll let you know the audience score is considerably higher than mm. the critic score 
I got like a lot higher. I would say it's going to be a zero, but let's for argument's sake, say it's a four. Four from Matt, Tim. I was also going to go for four. Oh, uh, let's go for three. Oh, should have gone the other side, Tim. Oh. It's a six. Oh, oh okay. Well, so, so it's still it's <laughs> you're yeah. very very close. Still still bad. Audience score? What do you reckon? Ninety-seven. No, um, <laughs> I was like twenty. Is it higher than Jay and Son? <laughs> Fuck off. Reboot. Uh, I'm going to say thirty. I'm going to say it's going to be the stands are uh, out. Yeah, it's higher than both of those. What? Forty-eight <laughs> percent. Half of the people watching that movie said, "Yeah, that's good." <laughs> Half of the people who watched that thought, three out of five. Yeah, I'd recommend this. Yeah. No. Gl- Glitter is a hodgepodge of movie cliches and bad acting sure to generate unintentional laughs unfortunately the movie is not bad enough to be good yeah that's the thing is it's also <laughs> boring tagline on yeah. <laughs> so this is where it transitions because she's then is in like um so that's 2001 and then like uh five six years later she's in tennessee it's a very small little production she's the main role in it she's not bad it's suddenly like actually it's it's probably a better fit for her possibly it's you know farther away from what she was in previously it's like yeah this is more of a grounded smaller independent less glitz glamour kind of just a nice earnest tale huh interesting and then most importantly now this is a while ago but most importantly in 2009 she's in precious very small supporting role i don't know how to say this she is acting (laughs) (laughs) i don't a miracle has occurred yeah no she she plays someone in no makeup basically in this menial admin job in social services and she's interviewing the main character and it's like it's an honest earnest portrayal and it's good and i was like and this is why she's on my list of bad acting or the the bad examples because it's so fucking frustrating it's like oh god you're good at this you can do this you could genuinely, and I'm not saying because she has got a presence, right? From her right. years of superstar, like you said, she's almost like redefined the modern diva over the last thirty oh, entirely, years. Entirely, and she's got that something about her that makes you want to watch her on screen and be like, "Yeah, she's a star for whatever reason." The Britain loves her for for Christmas number one, <laughs> all year, every year. I'm not, I'm not putting it in the episode no, we're not, list. No, no, don't no. worry. You don't get I'm, that. We're going to get... No, okay. we'll get copyright strike yeah, we're not, to, we're not, to death. Even the risk saying its name. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> and she's also the face of crisps along with Gary Lineker because she, for a long time she was with Walkers and there was amazing like adverts they had a, a little while ago. Again, time flat circle. Who the hell knows how mm. long ago? It might have been months. might have been two years. Where it's like this huge all singing, all dancing stage production goes on around her. She's like, ooh, crisps. And she reached out to them. But she is stock still in the center. She isn't moving anywhere because it's like, yeah, she's going to turn up, do a bit. You better do it all around her. And mm. then she's going to walk back to her trailer. And by walk, I mean be carried. Um, <laughs> Bring in the sedan chair yeah. for Mariah Carey. <laughs> exactly. Especially in Precious. It's such a small role where she is not the center of attention. Yeah. And there's the thing with actors as well. Act- actors will say this and it doesn't always make sense where... Um, Kate Blanchett in, in, in Thor, for example, was saying like, oh, Chris is great. He's so good. He's such a generous actor. Mm. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Mm. Generous actor. And it, 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 all it essentially means is you're not hogging the performance. Like, look at mm. me, look at me, look at me. You're giving them the platform to be better as an actor, mm. knowing full well that you're comfortable in what you're doing and mm. that you're already succeeding. It's like, I'm going to boost you up as well because that'll make me look well in the scene. And, you know, yeah. Kind of and that was the what we would consider the antithesis of the of the Mar- Mariah Carey's attitude to mm. most things. It would seem again outwardly persona wise, etc. Mm. But in this movie, she's really good and does that earnestness, that generosity. Mm. It's like, I want to know about your home life. What? What? Just tell me about the situation. What is mm. it? And it just it's it's a great performance. And you're like, mm. holy shit! 
That's Mariah mm. Carey. It's like, and then she does a few little bits. She's in The Butler, which is as a movie with everyone in it. It's very mm. meh. She's okay in it, if anything. And then she's the mayor in the Lego Batman movie. And it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, sure, sure. It's, it's, it's in a sound booth, but she's trying. Yeah. And that's what's most frustrating about her. We talk about the transition, the dipping your toe in. Mm. And she's one of those individuals who I honestly believe could make a really solid impact. Mm. Like genuinely go, you know what? I'm done with singing. I'll fuck mm. my vocal cords. I can't hit these notes anymore. People are expecting it. You know what I'm going to do instead? I'm going to win a fucking Oscar <laughs> for acting. You're like, oh, that's a bold choice. Um, and the fact that she's not kind of pisses me off because it's <laughs> such a waste of talent. I know the whole premise of this episode is partly that or our, our recording is like a lot of these actors are filling voids that could be sorry a lot of these musicians are filling voids that could be done by actors you are taking mm. up a, a spot in a roster that we could be denied some amazing yeah, future sure. talent mm. arguably um and that's true of all connections and privilege etc 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 but with this one i'm like what a wasted fucking opportunity mm. i feel like every year goes by and she's like yeah i'm not gonna bother it's like you probably should because we could get something very very interesting from both you as a person and your lived experience, rather than just doing, I'm going to do the big obvious glitter-esque, you know, the thing we'd expect mm. and do something so much more um, washed down and, 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 and interesting. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a fucking tragedy at times. Would you like to know my theory as to why she hasn't done that? Tim, I would love to hear your theory. We said earlier about how musicians often do it because it's a more sustainable career, but she's got that Christmas money. She don't need to do shit. Yeah, yeah. She she got that crisp money from Walkers. She's gonna get she's crisp gonna, money. Am I right, lads? Yeah, she's gonna be getting that Christmas royalty money, bullshit royalty money every year for the next. Mm. Her and Michael Blue, of her Blue life. Blaine never need to re- record another song ever no. again. I mean, yeah, and just release a new and in the case of Christmas, case of Buble, hopefully won't. Admittedly, when international listeners might be thinking. Is it that big? In Britain, it really is. Yeah. That's the, she recorded a fucking performance, in inverted commas. She did some VO stuff for the London Underground, promoting her Christmas song, which is the same song she's had since the 80s. So all I want for Christmas is you. I just want to say quickly. Just, so, you you know, said we weren't saying it. I know, but if you, if you say it three times, you summon the lawyers. So if we say it once, it's fine. <laughs> I, did, I did make the first note earlier. Dangerous. Oh, we are candy manning this yeah. motherfucker. Okay. <clears throat> Basically, it was the Underground saying... Mind the gap, everybody. And by the way, buy my song. Doodly, doodly, doodly. Here's some notes from it. Yeah, that bit that goes doodly, doodly, doodly. The whole song's doodly, doodly, doodly. I mean, you're not wrong. But at the same time, it's like, that's weird that you would do that in a, in a, in a country's capital. It's like, you know, as, as a, like for Christmas, because for, for again, a 30 plus year old or 30 year old song, it's like, yeah, because that's how much this country loves that song. And mm. then Tim, you're entirely correct. She don't need to. Mm. She did it, got the praise, was told she was the best and said, thanks, I'm out. Mm. Yeah. Good point, Tim. Good point. Well, from that then, Tim, what are you bringing to the table? What, 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 what terrible, terrible <laughs> performances are you bringing up? Uh, my person, I do not think has potential as an actor. Ooh, <laughs> love the pivot, love the pivot. And again, this is a person who, from an economic point of view, I'm like, why are you doing this? You have, <laughs> you, you have all the money in the world. Yeah, you have many, many strings to your bow. You don't need this. Uh, they have not been in many films, but. There is one in particular that they stand out in, as it, and it is in a film that is full of inexplicable decisions, and they stand out as one of the most inexplicable. Um, this is the one, most Tim one pick. that we've prequelized one, before. One that we have indeed <laughs> prequelized. My pick is 
Will I Am. Ah, William from the Black Eyed Peas. Yes. yes. The person whose name you can't search on the internet without it trying to go to... Did the... you mean William? Yeah. Or it takes you to a, a website a website, and you go like, no. Yeah. Which is possibly registered. I don't know. In terms of acting, got his start in Be Cool, 2005. Oh, yeah. Film about music. That's yeah. going to be playing, like the Playing yeah. himself. Uh, and then 2008 rolls around, Uh-oh. and he has a role in the second Madagascar film. Gross. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then a year later, X-Men Origins Wolverine. There it is. That's the one we've been waiting for. Yeah, where he plays John Wraith, uh, who is a character from the comics, who has been, you know, acted in a variety of roles in, in terms of ha- how he is related to Wolverine. You know, he's a character from Wolverine's past and stuff. So it makes sense that that character is in that film. Why that character would be played by Will I Am <laughs> is so is such a weird uh, casting. It is so I can't, I just can't wrap my head around it. Just, just I just can't. Just leave it no, there. I mean the the X Men films that the, the Fox franchise has had medium luck with casting. It has had some very good casting: Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen. It has had some terrible casting. Yep. Uh, Vinnie Jones as the juggernaut. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> Yikes. I can't tell if Halle Berry is miscast or they just don't know how to write Storm mm. or where that Blow? lies. <laughs> Why not both? Yep. Uh, but yeah, Will I Am for a part that is basically just a little bit of exposition uh, and. Then he dies. <laughs> yeah, he's basically yeah. hi, Logan. I'm an old, uh, I'm an old friend of yours. Uh, I have uh, the, we have this big opening action scene set in the past where the Weapons X program, yeah, like yeah, Team X, where you know the Blob gets to punch a tank and uh, uh, Deadpool gets to deflect all these bullets, and I teleport and tell a guy not to reach for his gun, <laughs> uh, and then uh, and then I fight Leave Schreiber and he kills me. <laughs> Um, it is completely we, we as you just mentioned, Matt. A lot of these choices, you and especially going into that ego and that the fact that a lot of these people have leveraged their fame and their connections to get into these roles. You do just think, why could you not? Why could this role not be played by a talented actor? Yeah. Of of you know who actually acts for a living and who could have this could have I don't think this was ever going to be a breakout role and it's not a hefty enough role that it would have necessarily needed like you know oh you know we could have had Denzel Washington as John Wraith or something <laughs> but yeah but it's like I say the main thing is it's so inexplicable I cannot understand the decision making behind this. It can't yeah. have been the best audition, right? Did he audition that? I mean, I, I think you're totally right. It would be the kind of like, oh, it's Will I, I Am. We'll just bring Will I Am. I He'll bring eyes to the project. That kind of bollocks. It's the, it's it's producer mindset of like, we'll hit another demographic. We're, Kids love. We're the going for black the four, eyed four quadrant demographic of all of them. Yeah, because I'll hit one of them. But but Will it, it? yeah, it's equally that thing of like, who is who is not going to who would not go and see that movie until they heard Will I Am was in it. <laughs> Those people don't exist. Those no. those black eyed peas super fans 
who are out there. Yeah, I mean, it, it does come down to that awful mentality that a lot of producers and studios have when it comes to any form of uh, of diversity, where it's like we need to hit all these beats, uh, and and it's never it's never really done in a way that's actually condonable or encouraging. If you want to just have a good representation in your movie because you want to you know have a, a good presence from a mix of individuals, great, and you can tell the kind of movies that have that. For better or worse, Eternals is a good example of that. Mm. Great, all the characters are agency, and they look—they're not just there as a as a bit of like a a tick box exercise. But producers do have the logic of like, right, we are trying to hit a market that we don't, let's face it, don't understand. So we'll take something that's so left field that it's got to get somebody in here because the name is recognizable. Like, okay, get that person. Yeah. And so it's a weird, it's a weird way of doing it. Also, because we usually producers are friends with each other it's like scratch your back scratch mine kind of situation because mm. in a similar spot you've also got dominic monaghan from lord of the yeah. rings and lost and stuff yep. yeah it's like okay I mean, he makes total sense to me in that role like yeah that's the kind of actor he's not hugely famous but it's like he's a oh that guy yeah one of those that one of those character actors that just kind of shows up and it's done like film done yeah, tv a, yeah yeah small that role is meek boom problem solved. yeah yeah Totally fine having him doing his little light bulb tricks and bollocks and then yeah. killing him off. Why would you cast Will I Am in a similar scale? Yeah. Of the it's such a There's weird choice. Also, one other potential fact, which we sort of touched on. Sometimes a director is a little bit blind and goes, I love this person. <laughs> I love their music. I want to meet that person. <laughs> have him in my movie. And then they turn up and they're like, it doesn't matter if they're shit or not. I'm not going to give them direction mm. because I love their music. And it's like, that's dumb yeah. and dangerous. And again, I don't think he's terrible in it. He's just nothing. That's such a wonderful insult as well. <laughs> you're nothing. Yeah. No, no, you're right though. It's 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 not that there's uh, his performance isn't outrageously offensive because it's so like oh this like like David Beckham in goal and you're like yeah. what is this or David Beckham in that King Arthur movie? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. There you go. God, that that's the prime example. Like, what? Why are you here? Yeah. It's just like oh yeah, he's fine. It, but so bland and forgettable. Yeah. You're like, could have been anybody at all. Yeah. You wouldn't yeah. know. The only reason he's memorable in that movie is because you spend the whole time he's on screen going, why the fuck are you here? Yeah. Um, like, I know you from something. Oh, yeah, I know from music. I know from this song. What are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to skip through the rest of his career, uh, which has been Thank pretty God. short, he did, he did a voice role in Arthur and the Great Adventure. Follow up okay. to Arthur and the Invisibles, the French oh, yeah, CGI yeah. animated kids film. Luc Besson, I think. He was in, again, starring as himself in Date Night, the uh, Tina Fey, Steve Carell movie. Yeah, oh. yeah sure. Yeah. He was in both Rio and Rio 2. Yeah, doing, yeah. doing similar Madagascar yes. voice yeah, acting yeah, yeah. type yeah. stuff. And I don't want to imply he's got some kind of bird fetish. <laughs> <laughs> He's in Cloaca. <laughs> What's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> but he was in both of the Rio films mm. and apparently is going to be the starring role uh -oh, in an uh -oh. upcoming film called Pierre the Pigeon Hawk, <laughs> another CGI animated film about birds. <laughs> um, what? Um, that's uh, a which will be his first. Title. It will be his first role since 2014. Uh, I wouldn't see. Presumably, I... he's been off doing. What is it? The voice yeah. that he does and stuff like that. I imagine he's sort of diversified his portfolio. Yeah, so much that he's like, like with like Murray Carey, doesn't have to do acting. Yeah, but also as, but as that temptation, we can make you a CGI bird, and you'll be 
on the screen the whole t- well you won't be on the screen <laughs> yeah. but you'll be your bird avatar you'll be inside a bird in a different way yeah <sighs> i mean also we have to factor in the fact that as this. these individuals get older there's also like my kids what yeah me- dennis leary doing ice age was because he's sure. like ah, my kids need this sure. shit so there's always a possible route there but why yeah i have a quote from uh black eyed peas singer slash rapper slash producer mr will i am okay about his experience on the set of X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, please. And it's the best. Oh, go, oh, oh. You see that little scar I've got on my knuckles? He said excitedly. I'm a newbie when it comes to big action films and stuff. It was my first fight scene. I was really into it. And then I missed my mark, and I punched the camera. <laughs> God, that could have gone so badly for insurance purposes. I broke the lens. Oh, I was to show you, I ain't to be messed with, because I break lenses. Oh, for fuck's sake! That's not the take of that. <laughs> he could have. He could see. I stopped there on purpose because it turns into like a. Oh, that's funny. That's a funny land, and then he turns up like because I'm a badass. You're like, no. Oh no, you could no, have been funny and humble that. and stuff. And yeah. Like, no. Fucking clown Just shoes. Fucking Mark, dude. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. It, it literally. And again, there's a bit that almost humility. Like I did that. Oh, you see that scar? Yeah. A bit yeah. Silly. No, I punched. Oh, fuck's sake! I love that quote so much. <laughs> It starts or so on. You're like, oh, that's quite. That's a good little angle. I like yeah. that. And I broke the lens because I break lenses. You're like, what? What does that even mean? I, love the <laughs> I made it sound like a thing. I'm pretty sure that I smash sense. glass ceilings and I break lenses with my fists. Actually, yeah, maybe. Now I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking of like you know him saying, "Bring the action," and smashes towards the <laughs> camera. One of his like, that's my thing now. Yeah. Oh fucking hell. Apparently so. Well, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a pun, Matthew? No, 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 no. That was a pun. No, Tim. No, Tim. No. Right. Jack, our third terrible example. Only one. Your shoulders bristled. They're like, getting into it. One of my most hated musicians, for sure. Mm. A lot of people's most hated musicians. They just got king of the douchebag energy. Got a snipe. Yeah. I want to talk about Adam Levine from Maroon 5. (gasps) Walking STD. Yeah. Adam, you're listening. Sorry, man. If you're listening, go fuck, go fuck yourself, Adam Levine. <laughs> yeah. There are very few people who call out on the show and say, what an asshole. Because obviously, why would you do that to an individual? But he seems like nah, utter bastard. He's fairly renowned as being a bastard to work with and a pain yeah. in the ass. And but a mum, bit of a... mums love his dangerous energy. Oh, he, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, su- he's, super cl- he's super clean cut, but he's got all those tattoos and yeah. stuff. <laughs> he's, ed- he's edgy, but he's not too edgy. Oh, what a piece of shit. Uh, yeah. He's... He's in the John Carney movie Begin Again yeah, with Mark Ruffalo and mm. Kira Knightley playing, funnily enough, a musician. He's sort of playing himself, but he's not. Mm. He's specifically not playing Adam Levine. It's playing a character version Dave. Of it, yeah. yeah, He's like a sleazy ex-boyfriend who of Kira Knightley's character who gets a bit of success and becomes a douchebag about it, basically. Surprise, surprise. Mm. And even in that role, he is wooden and boring and I quite like that film. I think Mark Ruffalo's great in it, obviously. Mm. He's Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, of course. Kira Knightley's fine. She's she's an actor who can't particularly sing. She did vocal training and stuff for that film quite extensively. She had no singing experience before that film. And she's she's fine. She does a good, mm. like, better than Emma Watson in Beauty and the Beast, for mm. example. Mm. Because, uh, but I know she got a lot of shit for that role as well, mm. specifically from Carney later on as well. Oh, right. Him talking lots of shit about how difficult she was to work with. He kept referring to her as the model. This is like, ugh, gross, weird shit like that. But we're not talking about Kira Knightley. Yeah. Matt, can we, can we get a comment from Kira Knightley on that? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> oh dear. He just jutted his jaw out if you and really looked, guessed, like, looked like Wallace from Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> oh dear. No, I was I was gonna resurrect an old classic character, you know. Much like one of our famous ones of like Bill Candy or something yeah. and thought, nah, I'd better leave it. We don't want this to be a running thing when Matt does a terrible impersonation. <laughs> I've met her, she's nice. Have you? Yeah, at the huh. uh, premiere of Colette. Uh, it was a BAFTA screening. She's genuinely a very nice person. Cool. Except when you ask her to sing, apparently. Apparently yes. so. Yeah. Unlike Adam Levine. Adam Levine, piece of shit. Yeah. I've met him. Don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I fucking hate Maroon 5 and what they've turned their pop music career into and it was just the Adam Levine show. They used to be a band where they all like played guitars and wrote songs and stuff. I I owned their first album when I was a teenager. I, I, their first album's fine, Tim. Not got a problem mm. with their first mm. album. It's the more recent stuff. Mm. Like over the last, I say more recent, I'm you, old. You, the you last sc- like 10 years. You say you don't like it when they move like Jagger. Yes, exactly. I remember. That song has one chord. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a four chord song. It's a one chord song i remember an ex saying that maroon 5 made the most sexual music that they'd ever heard and i thought are you out of your fucking mind well it's very sexualized yeah but it's not it's very sleazebaggy it's the reason i don't like nickelback is because it's all this like i've got a woman i'll beat up dudes to save my woman all right chad i know what your favorite song is hilarious uh, next contender is the worst next contestant (laughs) next contestant sorry yeah thank you oh Um, dear yeah what a mistake adam levine writes sleazy bullshit music and he's playing a sleazy musician character in this film so it should work but he's just crap and i I can't not just see him as adam levine and he is that musician turned actor where you think like oh this is the foot in the door they're basically playing themselves yeah of course course. he never escapes that for me in that role i just see adam levine he's just being himself he's reading his lines as best as he can and it's shit there's there's never that moment where I'm kind of lost or I yeah. really enjoy what's going on. The fucking song that he sings in that called Lost Stars was nominated for an Academy Award for original song. Ugh. Mm. Yeah, I know. But yeah, I just, I, I like I said, I enjoy Begin Again. I, I like that film. I think there's some good performances yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Carney does a decent job of directing it and stuff. Yep. But Levine is just a just an eyesore and an earsore He's just being a dick bag and just being a pain in the ass, and I just don't like anything he does. It, and I think he's even more irritating than he's supposed to be. Because he <laughs> kind of has, there's supposed to be a little redemption-y kind of thing in his character, but I just think he's a douchebag the whole time. Mm. I um, I remember him having big sleazeball energy in Pitch Perfect too. Oh, he's God. himself in Pitch Perfect. He's, he's yeah. himself yeah. in Pitch Perfect. Exactly, yeah. He's, he's himself, playing himself. He's, he's just a sleazebag. Yeah, he's himself in most of his film appearances. Yeah, true. Like, he shows up in Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping. Yeah. Yep. Basically, I think just for the opening song. Um, and that's so. about it. He's the kind of individual who, and this is such a nonsense bad uh, equation here, but it's something that hits in my head, unfortunately, so I'm going to share it with you. For some reason, even though I knew it wasn't possible, I was under the impression that he was the youngest Fines brother. So you had Ray Fines, <laughs> Joseph Fines, and Adam Levine. <laughs> Wait, what? 
I don't know I why. Can, I can see a resemblance. Less Ray Fiennes, but to, Joe Fiennes especially. especially. to Joseph Fiennes, yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, he's like the third brother. One does like, they both do acting, mm. the older ones, and they're really good at it, and one's more Shakespearean. They take, they, you know, mm. it was Joseph Fiennes for a long time, and then Ray Fiennes came up with the you know English patient. And the, yeah. oh, they, they were like the height of like this amazing mm. family. And then there's the dickhead young one who does fuck all and has this wanky band and sleeps his way around. What a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, but there's no relation as far as I'm aware. They're completely different people. Just the limited human gene pool, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, I agree with that one. He's, he's garbage. Oily, greasy fuck. Yeah, yeah. Garbage. Like you said, Tim. Like, edgy favourite of mum's. Because he's, <laughs> he's not super clean cut, but he's kind of clean cut. But he's got a lot of tattoos. And he does wiggle him out with his top off on stage a lot. He's, he's a dickhead. In- he sings about sexy stuff, but he doesn't swear about sexy stuff. He just talks about like mm-hmm. kiwi fruit and stuff, and you're like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he he's he's the oh the cheeky boy who works at Tillet Boots, and you're like, yeah, that's all <laughs> he's ever gonna be, the fucker, um, <laughs> cheeky boy at Boots, yeah, who doesn't actually do any fucking. That's work. a pharmacy here in the UK, by the it way. It is. Sorry, yes, we point. Thank you. And it's just like you know, he's he's like, oh, prescription, darling, is it? Oh yeah, and it's like you're not doing any work. You're a fucking annoying douchebag, and everyone hates you. But all the some of the some of the a certain element of customers go. Oh. I hope I get served by him today. So fuck off. <laughs> yeah. In in TV, he was in one of the American Horror Story seasons, which Emma was watching uh, at the time. This was a few years mm, after it came sure. out. And he just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> He's a real, like, I'm just here because I'm being paid to be here kind of vibes. And apparently, I've just been reading up about it before we started recording, getting my notes ready and stuff. And like, it was between shows on his tour. So he would literally pop in, record a few lines, fly off to another fucking city mm. around america which you think then, sounds like a more dedication but it's not no because he would like apparently just show up and be like i don't know um oh no i'm being attacked because it's a horror movie <laughs> bye deal i'm off to chicago and then fuck off back and then come back again and be like yeah here's my next line apparently he just didn't get it just doesn't really understand horror and i was like <laughs> oh wow what <laughs> what who are you what are you adam levine <laughs> what is this He's just shit in everything I've seen him. Whether he's himself and being a sleaze bag or in stuff that he's supposed to be playing a role, he's just crap and I hate his fucking music. Maybe we'll see him in like 20, 30 years' time as a craggy old man. I'll give amazing performances as aging, sort of like country music star that's so different out of his wheelhouse and he's like, I've made all the mistakes. He's not going to crag up. He's going to get Botox and shit. Fine, he's got a big bloated pillow face and he's like, I moved all the way. <laughs> yeah, no, I, again, uh, maybe there's a place for him, but I'm not rushing to see it, put it that way. Same. Mm. So after all that vitriol, now we're going to talk about some people who've actually done it well. Yay! A healing self. Yeah. Let's end on a positive note, shall we? I'm going to open with what I think is the answer. Wow. The best answer. I know it's really controversially bullshit. It's very mad opinion. to say that. It is one yeah. of my things. It's a very arrogant thing to say. But you know what? Fuck you. Wow. Um, <laughs> All right, Adam Levine. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tim, that's too harsh. I may be a bastard, but I'm not a You've got a bastard. back tattoo. I have a back tattoo. And also, uh, I was going to say, you've got a back story in the past. Like, <laughs> I do. I, I have been a piece of shit. You're beloved by mums. I don't think I am, Tim. I think you're <laughs> beloved by mums. Yeah, you're the mum's favourite of the three of us, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. So I'm going to go with somebody who's only released arguably four albums um, and and some joint stuff with an individual separately before the stuff. But before, not... before we get to oh, it, oh, oh, oh. I wonder if this is the one where the, we have some fairly young listeners. Oh, who don't realise. There will be like, 
Wait a minute. What? They did, They had a music career. <laughs> when was this? Yeah. Because this is one of those ones where I think you're. I I kind of agree with this is the definitive answer of like fucking megastar. Yes. From musician to absolute biggest actor in the world type stuff. Yes. Yes. So yeah, I'd be very intrigued. Young listeners out there, if you're born in like this century, <laughs> first of all, if you're not a 1900s person, yeah, if you're if you're a 2000s person, yeah. not a 1900s person, please do let us know if you're like, huh, I didn't know that because I'm very intrigued. There'll be someone yeah. who's like the YouTuber. <laughs> oh no! Tim. Oh no! Oh no! So PewDiePie is um... <laughs> no um this individual was MC officially in the 80s, then transitioned to television, then film, and the, his career skyrocketed. And then maybe Scientology, we think, possibly? I mean, that's a whole... Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But, um, and then at one point, the highest paid actor of all time, highest grossing actor of all time because of the... His whole know, family are yeah, in movies and musicians franchising and stuff. Family, and, yeah, yeah, it's all yeah. thing. Will Smith. Take a moment for that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're all going like, oh yeah, get jigger with it and boom, shake, shake the room and all those bits, bits of the fresh prints. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then his weird song about Freddy Krueger. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and and also his his no swearing Nightmare policy. on my street. Yeah. yeah. There's there's a whole like he has a very limited repertoire of of actual albums, like released mm. albums, and they don't do especially well. Like, oh, Willennium was pretty big. Big Willie Star and Willennium were great. And then yeah. the, uh, the two that followed, because again, his refusal to go with the times and change mm, his yeah. style and not swearing and all that sort of stuff, his principles effectively. You know, like we're talking like, you know, double, triple platinum to silver release. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is awful. But at the same time, um, singing just a, a, a track for the movie he's releasing, yeah. the single would do spectacularly. Mm. Didn't need now. Men in Black. Men in Black. What a banger. Um, but then also, well, 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 yes, yeah, was also a thing. But when he's uh, at the point, he gets to iRobot, and yeah. I imagine where he's like, "I'm making twenty percent of the gross of this movie." And like, Fuck me. You, that is, that's insane that's numbers. So much, that's Are you so mad? Much money. Yeah. Um. But no, Will, Will Smith. And the thing is, Will Smith is obviously a very talented musician, and he can sing and he can perform very well. And then it's like, oh, who are you getting to race Robin Williams in the live action version of of Aladdin? Who we bring in? We bring in Will Smith, and everyone's like, okay. And when he's doing the Robin Williams energy, it doesn't work as well at all. And it's mm. like, oh, God, all right, maybe. Because it's such an iconic role, it's a difficult very one much to, so. to imitate. Yeah, right? yeah. And also, you would not ever go, oh, yeah, they have the same type of like, no. charisma yeah, and exactly. energy. And yeah, their, like their comedy energy is entirely different. But at the same time, they're still a powerful performance and very big, big chemistry, big charisma. Um, and yet, when... I mean, he's doing like his version of Prince Ali. Yeah, fine, great. No problem mm. at all. It, it does the job. But when he gets to step away from the source material that were established from the animated version and do his own bit, mm. it's like, actually, I kind of like his version of the genie. There's nice elements to it, etc. And he is the kind of individual who, no matter how... And this is how you know he's a good actor. Um, he's done a huge range of, of um, the emotional gamut. He's done mm. so many things uh, performance-wise. And specifically, there are very few Will Smith performances or film specifically, where he the film has been dog shit mm. and he's everyone's gone, oh Will Smith was terrible in that. There are very there are very few times when you go, Will Smith like like, like The Rock. Mm. Um it's like comes out clean every time. Mm. No matter how bad the film is, it's like, yeah, but Will Smith was good as Will Smith. Mm. I mean even he he never phones it in, seemingly. 
Mm. Um, his he has such an emotional earnestness. Um, you get like obviously he's doing big action roles or comedic roles, but or emotional roles. And I think it's because arguably his trial by fire was Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And yeah. he. And I know the clip always playing goes, a fictionalized version of himself. Precisely, kind of, yeah. precisely, and that was that wasn't without controversy either at the no. time, mm. um, because of you know the way he became a bit power hungry and 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 obviously mm. with co-stars being fired and bits and pieces and all that sort of shit. But the clip that seems to go viral quite a lot is uh, the emotional breakdown where he's like Uncle Phil, why didn't want me? He's, oh yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, and he's got very. It, it, what it, people like, oh, it's it's true. It just happened on set. It's like, mm. no, it isn't. Will Smith no. has a very interesting history with his father, but it's not mm. that history yeah. with his father. It went mm. viral because it was like, oh, this is Will actually talking and mm. breaking down on yeah. set, and it's, like, yeah, it's not though, is it? No. <laughs> and, it, and again, he's a, a bloody. The fact that people believe that mm. proves yeah. what a good performance it is. Mm. But... Yeah. And then obviously the performance. It's, and then he's told, that's it, acting. That you've got mm. it. And he's like, and if you get that so early in your career, where you're like. You are a spooling powerhouse, and then you take that those lessons you've learned into big productions. Mm. He and I might say was he is unstoppable. Yeah, even in a dog shit film like Gemini. God, Gemini is <laughs> terrible. But it's also like, yeah, but he's still giving a good performance. Mm. Yeah. The emotion is there. He is he's on he's on the day doing the job, learning the lines. Doing everything he needs to do. He's also as a producer running the the, the sort of uh, behind the scenes stuff. He is a fucking workhorse, mm. and I respect it. Yeah, his career has somehow survived him turning down Neo in the Matrix mm. to do Wild Wild West. <laughs> and I thought, oh, he's fucking done. Like that would be. It, I was though. aware Killer of him career. from like Independence Day, and fr- mm. I grew up watching Fresh Prince Bel Air. I was like, awesome, sure, sure. And then he's fucking Muhammad Ali and Ali. Mm. And he is spectacular in that movie. Yes. I was like, I hadn't really taken him seriously because he was just a Fresh Prince guy to me for so many years. And then it was a few years later, I think I saw it on TV or on DVD or whatever it was when I was a teenager. And I was like, fuck me. Will Smith is really good. And I was kind of getting into mm. boxing at that time as oh, well. Yeah, so yeah. it was like the yeah. perfect time for me mm. to get into that kind of thing. I get that. Like, holy shit, he can act his ass off. This is like, he's not just a Fresh Prince guy. He can actually... Makes it. He's gonna be a star, goddammit! Yeah. Like, yeah. like I discovered Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was that moment for me where it really clicked. Like, holy shit, he can really act. Well, that was famously. He kind of went away from acting after that because he yeah. really wanted to win an Oscar with that. Uh, and it's interesting that he's being very lauded for King Richard at the moment, playing uh, Venus and Serena Williams' dad. Yes, and he does a fantastic performance. Mm. Again, really heartfelt, really emotional. A mm. lot of power behind it. I don't think he's going to get said Oscar this year. Mm. I'd be surprised. Yeah, same. I don't think I'd be unhappy with it because, again, the performance is good. Mm. But I don't think it's going to him specifically. Yeah. But yeah, Will Smith is one of those individuals. But also, I know he did like he did a a a, a, a performance at like one of the World Cups recently, mm. the, the the FIFA World Cup uh, for football. So he's still doing musical performance. But he just doesn't have to. In he any he occasionally. Tro- it's it's very much uh i'm gonna trot this out and everyone's gonna go wild but i'm i'm not gonna i'm not coming up with new music i'm just gonna do no. like i'll do a bit i'll do boom shake the room or i'll do the the fresh prince theme tune or i'll do yes you know men in black or something yeah they'll be or he'll just or, or maybe like with the lad and someone else's bit yeah i remember him on talk show promoting the thing and he was uh doing um a friend like me or bits of it just to illustrate that he could and it was fine because of course it was but it is interesting that 
he doesn't seem to have any and maybe we're projecting here from an outside point maybe we don't know possibly but i think he's a very shrewd businessman he knows exactly what he's doing he he has said that he has very consciously planned his career yeah um he's very like goal oriented and like he's you know he kind of went into movies and was very like i'm gonna work with these directors i'm gonna become a blockbuster star then i'm gonna transition i'm gonna win that oscar and that 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 was like because he didn't get that thing it kind of threw him off balance for a bit because he was very and and like you say from such a young age he had to go and cleanse some morphetons or whatever they need to do in Scientology (laughs) it it was very much like I'm going to become a rapper then I'm going to go get a TV show then I'm going to become an actor and I'm going to become the biggest actor in the world and I'm going to have blockbuster hits then I'm going to take more serious roles then I'll win my Oscar and then I'll you know whatever 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 start a production company mm, yeah and it was like the first time that he hadn't got the thing that he had set his mind to and we've touched on a couple of things like wild wild west being a big piece of shit gemini man being a big piece of shit one of the worst films i I went in with somewhat expectations is after earth the m night Shyamalan movie Uh... will smith and jaden smith co-written by one of my favorite writers gary witter i was like okay i'm intrigued it's sci-fi interesting that film is a Big old piece of shit. <laughs> it is fucking awful. And Will Smith is not ignoring the fact that he basically spends most of it Sitting sat down, down <laughs> sat down, pinned under a bit of rubble or whatever. Yeah, but like fuck me, that he's had so many misses in Jack, his career. Take a knee. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Matt. Um, that's any, if anyone's watched that film, they understand that's the, yeah. That, that, I think that's I think about seventy percent of Will Smith's lines. Pretty much. <laughs> it's a weird thing where like he's had a bunch of misses, but has as you kind of said, Matt. He's been untouchable. He's been unstoppable. That maybe that shakes him personally, like you touched on, Tim. That's mm. shifted his goal slightly because he's such a goal-driven and goal-oriented person. But he just gets away making crap because he also makes good stuff. Shark yeah. Tale. There's Shark Tale. Yeah, I, exactly. Like going through his IMDb, there are, there are some shockers on there. Like some, he's been some real shit. Uh, <laughs> Legend of Bag of Vance, oh. the golfing golf mo- motherfucking the golf Ugh. movie. Seven pounds, which was another dramatic one. Another one he wants he, to be a big actor, a big big boss. Yeah, Oscar I, thing. I feel yeah. like him trying to go serious is often his misstep, which makes like well, he did, obviously he did Pursuit of Happiness. Pursuit which, of Happiness is exactly what I was gonna mention, which yeah, got yeah. acclaim and, and yes. he was very yeah, good. And that's, obviously that's the seven pounds where he was trying to do the dramatic stuff. Yeah, and that actually worked. Yes, yeah. and he was like, yeah, cool. Me and Jaden have got some chemistry. Let's go do <laughs> After Earth. Like, yeah, fuck's sake, Will, um, come on. And then more recently, he did Concussion, Concussion. and Collateral yeah. Beauty, Ooh, both yeah. of which got drubbed. Yep. He's also um, in Suicide Squad. And Bright. Bro, oh, fuck, he's in, he's in Bright! Oh my god, I forgot. I had, <laughs> See, I had cleansed you bl- Bright blanked it from your my head. mind. He says, fairy lives don't matter. Uh, and all of us collectively went, that's okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no one else would get away with that sort of bullshit. Uh, yeah. like, are you out of your... F-? So oh, he's playing is a, a cop mm. in this sort of weird fantasy LA and yeah. Max Landis wrote the line, fairy lives don't matter. And it's like, and we're okay, obviously as he, as yeah. he murks this fairy with a fucking broom. And I'm like, Okay, but collectively we're all like, That's yeah. Will Smith, isn't it? yeah, it's, it's Will Smith though. I mean, I, I know it's fucking awful, and the and the and the mm. people say, "What's the problem?" It's like there's a big fucking problem with that. Yeah. yeah, the 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 other one that I would I have not seen the film, but I have seen a clip of him in it, and it's a very small role. Is Winter's Tale? Oh, where he plays Satan, sort yeah, of. He does, yeah, uh, and is not good. Yeah. 
Um, but also, nobody saw that film, so nobody I, cares. I have. Of course you have, Matthew. Colin Farrell's in it. I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. It's a weird time-traveling fairy tale nonsense Romance thing. It's, yeah. it's... It's bad, but Will Smith is amazing, and every time he turns up, he's always good. And people, again, I think Jack is right. There'll be so many people who are like, oh yeah, he did sing, and it's always past tense. He rapped technically. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. I'm um, sure, he can sing, but well, no, maybe not. Again, uh, he's in Arabian Nights, for example, at the start of Aladdin. There's mm. like a, can I just do my usual thing? No, you have to sing. It's like, oh, okay, well, I, yeah. I can, I can sing. Yeah, of course, you can mate. And it's like, no, but I mean theatre sing, and it's like. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really. It. Can you really project and get your yeah. diaphragm working yeah. and that kind of stuff? And it's one of those things where you know um, where there's a weaker component, and then suddenly a big chorus comes in underneath you to lift up the thing <laughs> that isn't there. Um, but yeah, he, he's 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 a phenomenal individual uh, in terms of just his drive, his goals, and blah blah blah. And I'm, I'm yeah, I'm always happy to advocate him. He's a potential egot. Uh, the fact that we touched on it earlier, and he's not on that list. Mm. And like you said, he's been going for Oscars. He's had a successful music career. He's done music in films that could win, like, the Best Original Song Oscar and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Fascinating that he, he doesn't. He hasn't got a Tony, has he? He hasn't done any, no. any, any, no. any theatre stuff. But if he got the Oscar, I imagine he'd definitely go for it. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely got potential, I would say. I think he always had got potential. Yeah, yeah. Had he won an Oscar for his role as Muhammad Ali in 2004... His career would have been different. I don't think he. I don't think he'd have done Men in Black too. Um, he's got four Grammy Awards and a Golden Globe, and has been nominated for four Academy Awards. There you go, oh, Emmy, and a Primetime Emmy for Outstanding Comedy Series, but hasn't won it. There you go. Fascinating. He's further away from the EGOT than you would expect, right? Because he is Very that interesting. It's not actually a triple threat. He's not dancing. No, he's probably he dancing. He, he dances. Of course, he yeah. does. He dances in Men in Black. Yeah, yeah. Um, he so, yeah. dances like this. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the look yeah as, Sli- as he slide describes it with me, slide it with in me Hitch yeah. you bend your elbows yeah. you step one to the other oh god Hitch is the thing as well fucking oh, Hitch fuck. what a career this man has had. I forget I a bunch of films exist and it's like he bounces back Bright exist fucking hell or, I don't know if it's down to him or, or audience uh, forgiveness whatever, but nothing seems to stop he's him he's just got the charm and the, the stardom and the the power of Lord Xenu to get away with it <laughs> yeah clearly. not confirmed Scientologist by the way we don't I'm joking just but in yeah. case there's some libel slander bullshit that oh, we're, if if there is, we're fucked. We said so many I'll, bad things over the years. Um, but the things we don't see coming, like Adam Levine. Um, I'm more scared of Will Smith's lawyers than I'm Adam Levine's lawyers. That's how it starts. <laughs> so that's my pick, and I think again, I, I would like to think it's like, oh yeah, no, of course, of course, this individual is is one of the greatest because, but but also because, and I don't want to be incredibly flippant. I don't think his music career was really all that. I think he was always his strength was acting. I think he was always a, a an amazing actor who was um exceeding very well in a music career but was being held back by it possibly. It was yeah, it was a brief I th- I think he was never going to have a lasting music career just because mm. it was it was so poppy. Uh it was clean. And, it was rooted in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, it didn't change. Yeah, and he didn't really want to change it. No, um, and it was at a time when hip hop was changing quite rapidly, very dramatically. Yeah, yeah. yeah good point. Good point. Uh, to to uh, quote uh, Donald Glover, the old classic. I was like, "Oh, you're, you're going to respect the classics." He's like, "No, you don't." <laughs> I went to the hat store and bought a hat. Ha 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 ha! <laughs> 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 it's like, the fuck is that? So, yeah. Um, yeah. 
Try your shoes. Your mother just cleaned that floor. Ha ha. Woohoo. Yeah, exactly. Say what? 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 Say what? What? Yeah. And everything's got a place. Everything seems to be fine. But it's also like, nope, not for me. And again, the, the landscape shift is so dramatic. It's like, you need to talk about different things and have a different perspective. It's like, nah, I'm not doing that. Mm. It's like, well, fine. Then you're not going to survive. It's like, don't worry. Mm. I'm already one of the highest paying actors of all fucking yeah. time. Yeah. I'm paid more than Tom Cruise, who's like, you know, it was be- oh, insane. Anyway, Tim, who are you bringing to the table? Uh, a, a box office office Goliath who rivals Will Smith. <laughs> no, not so at all. To, oh. oh my god! Someone who has very cleverly wound back and forth from film to music and back again mm-hmm. uh, for a long time, well, like fifty years, nearly or he, forty years. His his first acting roles were in the early eighties, yeah, and he's still years. doing stuff. Yeah. yeah. And someone won an Oscar doing an impression of him and then died. I'll explain who this wants, Tim. Really, I'll do that. Yeah. And very much kind of the antithesis of a lot of what we've been saying of like actors coming along and kind of forcing their way into productions because he always feels like someone that has been sought out by directors who just kind of go, yeah, you've got a weird energy. I'd like to put that in my movie. Yeah. He has got a weird energy. It's fucking Jim Jarmusch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jim Jarmusch and uh, Gilliam. Terry Gilliam. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, I'm talking about Tom Waits. God damn, Tom Waits, man. Yeah. Um, he's in a, He's such an acquired taste, both in terms of how he acts, how his music works, yeah. and how he is as a person. Yes. But some people are like, who's that? Yeah. And there's like, have you seen the, the Buster Scruggs movie from the Coen <laughs> Brothers? It's like, uh, yeah. Hello, Mr. Pocket. Yeah. like, oh, that's the version you. That, that's that's the defining role you want to point out. No, nope, because mm. there is no defining role. <laughs> They're yeah. all weird. Yeah, I. I'd say probably the closest he has to a defining role, mm. uh, and certainly probably the biggest film he's been in until maybe this year. Yeah. Uh, is Bram Stoker's Dracula? Yeah. Oh, it's Renfield. As yeah, Renfield, he's, he's magnificent. Yeah. Yeah. Lives for the master. Oh, yes. Great. Yeah. Yeah. As this this creepy bug eating version of Renfield, yeah, chatting away to Rich D. Grant. Um, yeah, he's good. Uh, but he he started out. He was in. Uh, he'd done a, a few bits and pieces. Um, kind of first properly got into film in eighty three. He was in The Outsiders and Rumblefish in the same year. Goddamn Rumblefish, man! So many people mm. in that film. Yeah. Then, as we mentioned, Jim Jarmusch. He's worked with like quite extensively. Um was in stuff like mystery train in 1989 uh gilliam uh was in the fisher king in 1991 mm. playing uh, a homeless guy in a wheelchair who chats with uh jeff bridges and, and stuff mm-hmm. um 92 dracula then goes away and does some more music for a while um the next big one is uh probably the, the role that i first saw him in and probably yeah this would be the first time I became aware of him, and I was just like, I don't know who you are, but you work in this movie perfectly. Mystery Men in 1999. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, playing an eccentric inventor who only makes non-lethal uh, weaponry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but is stuff like a tornado in a can. Yeah. Uh, Lives a, in a fairground and he's so weird. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, chats up old women at uh, old people homes. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, uh, has a 
a, a gun that is based on dry cleaning technology that shrinks people's clothes to immobilize them. <laughs> yeah. It's so wacky. And it's just they used to be comic book movies. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just it's just who should we get for this really odd role in a film full of really odd roles? Yeah. Um oh yeah, yeah. Tom Waits. <laughs> He's got a kind of whispery, creepy old lives in a fairground energy a, to him. Got a manic energy. I'm just trying to think about such use. a distinctive look and distinctive oh, voice. Yeah, he's, mm. he's one of those. I mentioned Werner Herzog earlier. When it's one of those. Oh yeah. I was like, hold on a minute. Is that is that Werner Herzog in this? Oh, <laughs> shit. I have every time I see Tom Waits in something. So like, um, I know we touched upon it before on when we were on Modern mm. Escapism. Tim we talked about Seven Psychopaths. Yes. Mm. I was like, hold on a minute. I recognise that voice. <laughs> that sounds a lot like Tom Waits. I wonder who that guy is. Like, not really thinking anything of it. Mm. I was like. But fucking is Tom Waits. Holy shit. Why's he, he, why he got a rabbit? <laughs> right? He's a weird, like, hit man yeah. with a rabbit. Like, oh, oh, it's Tom Waits. Why wouldn't he have a rabbit? Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> he, almost like the, the Will Smith can get away with anything. The You can you never know what you're going to get from Tom Waits in a good way. Mm. Yeah. It's eccentric, mad, weird shit. And you're just like, well, it's Tom Waits, isn't it? Like, yeah. of, course, of course he's got a rabbit. Yeah. Of course he's in... Uh, the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Like, yes, yeah. Playing, playing the devil. The devil playing the devil, yeah. Oh, God, with, yeah. With, a, with a thin little wispy mustache. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, oh, God, he's just in these bizarre, him. crazy roles that somehow it's almost like the roles fit around him rather than him fitting into the roles. Yeah. He has this unique look and energy yeah. and the, the voice, as you hinted at earlier, Matt, people doing impressions of him and stuff yeah. like that. Just this distinctive way, and he's kind yeah. of one of those musicians as well that's kind of bubbled away under the surface he's never had like mm. this huge massive mainstream platinum selling albums no. and this kind of stuff but he's influenced so many people and there mm. are loads of like really diehard tom waits fans he's got yeah. this weird niche and he's, he's... exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and like you say very much like you can play that to 90 percent of people and they'll go well no i don't i don't like this nope <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. there's going to be a, a small percentage you go like oh yeah what the I like what this guy's putting out. He, he's he's a weirdo who works with weirdos. Yeah. Um, him and Iggy Pop in Coffee and Cigarettes. Coffee and cigarettes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, can, I can smoke because cause I quit. So I can smoke. Because I I, I'm, I yeah, I'm quitting smoking, so I can quit smoking. I like, yeah, yeah, man, I can do that. <laughs> and then in The Fucking Dead Don't Die, where he plays this guy in the woods who just keeps <laughs> shooting at people. This sort of very... Mm. Uh, but he's sort of half aware of what's coming in terms of the, the zombie invasion, etc. He's yeah. a very... He's an oddball, basically, but he's yeah. so well placed. And again, in a, in a separate way about his music, because people think, "What? Well, well, I can't think of any songs." I think the most, exactly. I think the most mainstream thing is that one of his songs uh, called "Hell Broke Loose" was used in the Punisher TV series with John Bernthal. John Bernthal, yeah. And I was like, yeah. "Yep, that works well there. I like that." Um, I would say just for those who are thinking, um, if you go and watch an old interview with Tom Waits from his early, early in his career, and weird oh, talking. Yeah, well, he talks like that. Yeah. Hi, <laughs> how are you? I'm, I'm just kind of here. Maybe he'll tell you how he got his scars. Got who knows? Scars. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, yeah. Apparently, you know, he doesn't actively said it, but it's like, oh no, I was watching this performance. Like, yeah, he's, he's basically seen an old interview with with this really weird, strung out guy, and thinking, mm. I'll just sound like that. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And has always seemed the same age right yeah, oh yeah born craggy. he's one of those yeah. one of those people who you're just like i don't know how old you are but you've been that age forever he's got yeah. mad hair and a weird like goatee beardy thing and has just had that since like yeah. the 70s yeah so I don't know, he could be yeah. 100 he could be 60 he could yeah. be 160 kind, i have no like, idea 
Nick Cave in the sense like oh, once very he very much so, yeah. very much another, so. Another weirdo musician. Yeah. Yeah. Very much in that similar mold, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so just like a few other Risk Cutters, A Love Story, which I think yeah. is a very yeah. uh, cool little film, very underseen. We mentioned the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Yeah, yeah, the one. Book of Eli he's in. The oh, yeah. post-apocalyptic Denzel Washington action mm. film. Yeah, yeah. Speaking and of Gary just... Witter, connection to After Earth there. Yeah. Yeah, how weird. He's mm. just uh, like yeah, a, the engineer a trading guy? store yeah. engineer guy. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, hell, se- yeah. Seven Psychopaths, Buster Scruggs. Yeah. And then this year was in Licorice Pizza. As, oh, yeah. Yes, as Rex Blau. Um <laughs> Just showing up to make uh, make Sean Penn jump over uh, motorbike. Ju- uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's the kind of the kind of conf- Okay, let, let's take let, just for a second. Will Smith and Tom Waits, <laughs> two people. I think they've at- ever met. No, mm. um, <laughs> at the height of their <laughs> respective powers, one, societally speaking significantly more powerful yeah household name can do whatever he likes highest paid actor in the back. world exactly yeah, yeah. N- unstoppable and the other one's will smith <laughs> <laughs> but tom waits by his own definition of his own success is the same he is at the highest value he, he can do whatever he they're, wants they're both examples of they can do whatever yeah. they like yeah does tom waits do a bad performance in a film i don't know what a bad or good tom waits performance <laughs> is so he just redefines acting yeah <laughs> Just kind, of, maybe he's kind of himself. He's just doing his own brand it's of it. Weird, like, it's yeah, enigmatic dude. Yeah. Pure charm. Rolls yeah. a twenty every time, and you go fuck. <laughs> cool, Very but not for really. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's he's he is. He brings a, a very unique energy to every role. He's not he's not always playing the same thing, but he's always playing variations on a a type. But there's plenty of actors who do that. You yeah, know, of course. And because you, one could argue Denzel Washington does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. arguably. Yeah. Still one of the best actors of his generation. Precisely, yeah. precisely. You know. Yeah, like we said, uh, he, he's just happy, just like chugging along, just occasionally popping up in these films to do these little bit roles. He is never going to be a leading man, um, unless it's in this like tiny little indie film that you know barely anyone sees. Precisely, kind of yeah. that, that's that some that some director who's like, no, actually, I want to give Tom Waits. I'm really a big Tom Waits yeah. fan, and I wanted to cast him specifically. Yeah, yeah. 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 Let's um, put him in X Men Origins: War. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he'd have been an interesting. He's not John Wraith, but like another weird mm. X Men character. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's never going to be in like a role where there's an executive producer who cares about making money. <laughs> um, Valid. Like you say, by his metric of success, he's probably entirely happy with his yeah. career. He does a bit of music here and there. He does a bit of acting here and there. Yeah. He pays the bills happily. I he's feel a, like he's yeah. just... He's just a bit of a weird icon type yeah. thing. Like, yeah. You, even if you've never seen any of his films or never listened to his music, you probably know the name Tom Waits. He's one of those kind of people. Yeah, sure. Like you maybe couldn't pick him out in a lineup. You could probably guess from our descriptions. Put, put it yeah. this way. You've seen him without knowing you've seen him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That kind of guy. Would you like to know how old he is? 27. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say he's 67. 72. Spot on, Jack. Oh. He is 72. Um, and uh, just while I was looking up, I was like, how old is he actually? I was reminded of a tweet that I saw the other day um, that was like, the, be- the best emotion in the world is when you see like an older, uh, successful man who's been married to the same woman since oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. the 1980s. Tom Waits, Tom, Waits is, is, Tom Waits is one of those guys nice. who's been married since 1980 to the same person. Delightful. Nice. 
That's good. Love does exist after all. Yeah, and Tom Waits has found it. You just have to be a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the secret. You just have to talk like that. Well, either that you end up like Macho Man Randy Savage and it goes horribly wrong. Who knows? Yeah, true. Speaking of Macho Men, Jack. Oh. Let's transition, Tim. <laughs> I'm going to talk about one of my favorite rappers. Macho Man Randy Savage. Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> God, can you, I mean, him and Hulk Hogan did make music. And but some of their promos fucking... were fucking close to being. Yeah. Cadence. But anyway. The hip to the hop. <laughs> to the hip hop heavy. <laughs> and the cream of the crap. <laughs> I want to talk about Yasin Bey. Ah, uh, yeah. Probably more popularly known as the rapper Most Def. Mm-hmm. I fucking love Most Def. I love his music. And again, he's one of those people that I didn't realize was an actor for ages mm. and suddenly showed up in a bunch of TV shows we were watching or like I was watching my parents or whatever. I was like, I really recognize that guy's voice. How weird. I'd never seen Most Def. I'd never had any reason to see Most Def. Sure. I just had like... You know, that image of the ecstatic was a picture of his face and stuff. I was like, mm. huh. I really, re- He's got a really distinctive voice mm-hmm. and an interesting way of talking. And I was like, I really recognize that guy. And I went and looked at him. I was like, that is most deaf. Holy <laughs> shit, it's the same guy. He's acting. And he's, he's an incredible rapper and lyricist. Yeah. And he's an interesting case because he actually started off doing acting on stage and stuff as a kid. He grew up in... 80s Brooklyn, which yeah. is full of crime mm. and crack and all kinds of yep. shit. And he's dangerous. He's the eldest of 12. Wow. Or 11. Whatever it is. It's meant. It's double yeah. figures. Sure. Numbers of siblings. It's crazy. Um, and yeah, him growing up, single teenage mother, and then 11 of them in the, in the family in his generation. And yeah, he kind of escaped. He's that kind of nerd rapper where he was really into like history and politics and like social activism and stuff in a time where gangster rap was happening. Yeah. And it was all about, you know, NWA. They were politically active, but it was a lot about, you know, we've got the guns, we're going to fight back and all this kind of stuff. You had a couple of people like Public Enemy who were very Mm -hmm. politically Mm -hmm. outspoken, but the gangster rap stuff took over like the mid 80s through to the early 90s. Yeah. And most F was just doing something different. And he comes like slightly the generation after that in the mid 90s, really kind of Mm -hmm. breaking out and doing his own thing. And then in through to the 2000s, I mentioned the album The Ecstatic, which is my favorite, one of my favorite hip-hop albums ever. Mm. And his collaboration album with Talib Kweli, one of my other favorite rappers called Black Star, which is my favorite hip-hop album of all time. Oh. I think it's fucking spectacular. Um, him having really detailed and interesting lyrics and a fascinating way of crafting his songs, whether that's with other people in collaborations and partnerships and rap groups and stuff, or doing his solo stuff as well. And then I started seeing him in stuff on TV. I was like, huh, Mm. okay, he's pretty good. Like I said, started off doing stage acting and stuff, and he used that as a way to kind of like escape his real unpleasant childhood in Brooklyn in the 80s and all that kind of stuff, and Mm. use that as kind of an escape to go to school and really push himself and get him out of the house and keep him off the streets the the classic kind of thing that so many people struggled with in that area of the world at that time is like you either go down the path of drugs and crime and shit and that was so prevalent at that time some people just got swept into that against their will or you try and really focus on something that keeps you out of that and for him it was making music and acting and being on stage and doing like school plays and shit like that but he never really broke out. And he featured on a couple of TV shows as like a teenager and stuff, or like early 20s, that kind of stuff. 
but never really had the big breakout until he became a rapper, and that's when his like stardom really began to rise. Mm. So he's a kind of a borderline case in that he became much more famous as a rapper first and then kind of came back to one of his first loves, which was acting. So I know I'm kind of cheating a little bit. No, I don't. But uh, I, think, I think child actor in local theatre doesn't really count. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's there's a couple of performances that really stand out. Like he shows up in stuff like Monsters Ball um, in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. One that really stands out to me is a film I like. It's quite uncomfortable. Is The Woodsman with Kevin Bacon. Ah, the pedophile. The, the pedophile one where <laughs> Kevin Bacon plays a convicted pedophile and he's like, adjusting to his life post prison and all this kind of stuff yeah it's a good film and the woodsman obviously referring to little red riding hood the wolf and the woodsman who comes and saves her cuts the wolf open all that kind of stuff Mm. the whole story of that film is based around that kind of dynamic of of prey and who preys on the on the victims and who preys on the predators yeah all this kind of stuff he plays a detective in there that has these long conversations with kevin bacon's character mm. and he delivers this amazing monologue about do you know the one i'm talking about the you know the fair do you believe in fairy tales yeah, yeah. there's this fairy tale about the woodsman uh what's it called and kevin bacon's kevin bacon to his credit is really good in that film as well he's this yeah real mm. weird creepy character he, he goes being, in a very interesting direction for i think it's about the kevin bacon career moment i was like i need to really pivot this up yeah i wonder if that he, was again kind of like the will smithy kind of thing it was like i need to start taking this seriously I well i think he of... was he's always been that sort of character uh, that kind of actor but then i think he tried something because he was getting older basically yeah and then of course load of money troubles and lawyer shit which of course ended up with him being the face of ee <laughs> over here we know him as, a, as the guy selling mobile phones um sorry jack you were saying so yeah, he delivers most F that is delivers this incredible monologue about the story of Red Riding Hood and how that relates mm-hmm. to their character dynamics and mm. it's this brilliant like titular defi- like film defining monologue that you get in in certain films. Yeah. And he's just captivating to listen to to speak. He has this way with words and I think that is so directly related to his way with words when it comes to his lyrics and his rapping and his 100% very like politically conscious and socially active and all this kind of stuff he's a very spiritual guy as well and he really brings that to his overall in a kind of in a weird way that Tom Waits has a kind of unique energy mm. most f brings this kind of calm very thoughtful performance to basically everything he does whether mm. that's in his music or in his acting mm. i think him just showing yeah. up in anything i kind of sit up and start paying attention mm. he has that kind of screen presence for me because mm. yeah. partly because i'm such a big fan of his music yeah. well but, I remember the, I think it was the year afterwards when he was in uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Just full pre- pre- project. Yeah. And yeah. I remember the fury. I just watched the film as is, as a, just as a, as a straight piece. I don't mind that film at all. I think it's perfectly functional. Agreed. Mm. Yeah. Um, and he's great. He's yeah. like a really well cast. I, I really like, and, and I think you, you hit the nail on the head there where he just has this quite calm aura in that film, which is exactly mm. what you would want from Ford, who yep. is just like, Oh, planet's been destroyed. Yeah, I guess I'll move on to the next one. Yeah. Um, it's how it is. I'm a little, maybe a little panicky at times, a little bit, as in yeah. the terms of the cadence picks up. But there's always a bit of confidence, of, but a kind of drippy confidence of like yeah. um, going with it. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's just great. But, but yeah, I, I'm always impressed when, when, when he turns mm. up. I mean, even a tiny cameo in something like fucking Talladega Nights. I knew you were going to bring up <laughs> Talladega Nights. Always hit a champion Talladega Nights. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you fit in here. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, he, he fits in. I think that's got because he did a, I can't remember the name of it. But he did a TV thing with Alan Rickman, uh, which again, 
a lot of Emmy prestige and things. Like mm. that. I kind of think at the time it's like a really like big thing. Something the Lord made is the there it is. There it is. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But he was inc- and again he was like second build on the poster or whatever mm, it was yeah. like top, one top billing. It's like yeah because. Mm. He's incredibly good at this. Yeah. For, for that show, he was nominated for an Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Miniseries or Movie, nominated for Golden Globe for Best Performance by an Actor in a Miniseries or Motion Picture, uh, or made for Television, uh, and nominated for Image Award for Outstanding Actor in Miniseries or Television there we go. Movie. There we so, go. Yeah. Mm. A film I haven't seen in ages, but I remember him, him being good in, although it's a weird film, uh, Be Kind Rewind. Oh yeah, I like that Michel Gondry weirdness. Yeah, um, him and him and Jack, Jack Black, Black <laughs> playing like childhood friends. Yeah, making their own weird versions of films. Speaking yeah. of musicians who are also actors, Jack Black's a, yeah, Fairly. an interesting case there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a that's a that's a, a, a people accused it of being Gondry like going too mainstream or big time. Mm. I think it's a really nice love letter to to making films with your friends. Yeah, yeah. I, I genuinely enjoy that. I like that yeah, part. yeah, yeah, and to community as well. Oh, very I much think, so. Like. The most deaf fits right in there entirely. His, yeah, his kind of viewpoint and approach to things. Mm-hmm. I I find it fascinating that you've managed to pick two actors who were both in Begin Again. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, or two musicians, I should say. Yeah, <laughs> one astonishingly talented, charismatic individual, and, and the one other one's slug. most deaf. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Yasin Bey, as he's as he's known now, you know, taken his, his of course Islam name and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I think he's a fascinating case for. He seems to have a kind of not what Will Smith has done, and I, I'm not speaking for Bay in this situation, but like he seems to select little roles and appear in TV shows and stuff, mm-hmm. and very much is kind of I've used the term like bubbling under the surface a few times on this episode because some people's careers that's how it works. But like of course, of course. he's never completely taken over and won Oscars and become the Will Smith and like biggest actor in the world or anything like that but every time i see him on screen i am interested he shows up in fucking dexter as this preacher like mm. priest character mm. and he's great in that and it's it, that's a shit season of dexter <laughs> that doesn't narrow it down with dexter but he's he's great in that as well and he have that moment of like oh shit oh wow yes mm. in this that's amazing cool mm. now i'm suddenly more interested and yeah, he's just made fantastic music, and I think he has one of those careers where it's always a pleasant surprise to see him on screen. And that's mm. often what I look for in actors is like, oh, I didn't know you were in this, but now you're in this. I'm more interested. I'm more yeah. invested. I'm going to pay more attention to this. I'm not just on my phone. I know you are the one I want to pay attention to, that kind of thing. Mm. Mm. It's the what are you going to be able to do with the situation? Yeah. Because mm. no matter what it is, he'd be like, fair play I'm, I'm why would you go but, no, sorry not, not so much why would the director pick you it's why did you pick this yeah he does seem to, uh, especially now like having got past the the kind of the very early days of his career he seems to pick what he is doing with great care mm. um with the possible exception of the italian job oh, that film is not good yeah that, that that's that's a classic i'm gonna dip my toe in moment it, yeah. it wasn't really it was in the height of it all but yeah but there was a lot of good names attached to that so you, why wouldn't and, and Mark yeah. Warburg and <laughs> also Mark Warburg yeah so but then Speak, again, speaking of musicians musicians becoming Marky actors Marky Mark yeah no he's definitely one that people are like what do you mean he had a music career yeah oh yeah he's definitely one of those yeah. he was too he, young for the I, I casually, I've boys. never heard of the funky bunch I casually um, mentioned Ricky Gervais earlier that's another one that people are like mm. what the fuck and yeah, yeah, I think Mark Wahlberg is another one that is very much because mm. he was just the worst. He was He's shite. The, awful, awful garbage. Mm. But 
again a 50 50 and then good and the departed and then awful awful garbage <laughs> it's just how he has moments where he turns up and he's like god damn this guy's amazing and then it's like oh no wait a minute it's mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like oh fuck me what a the fighter what a great performance mm. ah sully in uncharted fine <laughs> and the fucking transformers movies oh. i'm a transformer it's a transformer, it's a transformer. i'm an inventor yeah. i invent things what have you invented mark the least inventor Rap? man <laughs> in the history of the world is mark Wahlberg. Hey. anyway most f is awesome yasin bay as i should call him is awesome does great music if you are a fan of hip-hop and you're not familiar with his work i highly mm. recommend the ecstatic like i mentioned that's his solo album from 2009, I think it is, mm. that I really recommend. And Black Star by Most F and Talib Kweli together is yeah. the fucking best hip-hop mm. album ever made. And that's from the late 90s, early 2000s, I believe, mm. sort of 2001-ish, something like that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Black on both recommend. sides as well is a oh, very Black on both sides is great. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely. Well, that wraps us up for the episode. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. We very much appreciate it. If you've got any ideas for musicians who turned actors in a good or a bad way. We had a big I'm, list. We have a big list. I'm sure you've got plenty yeah, more we you want to. We didn't get to it. Like, there's, there's a bunch of big yeah, names that we haven't really mentioned. Yeah. We could reel them off now, but yeah. Well, maybe a list for These reason. episodes yeah, are long yeah. enough as it is. Anyway. Yeah, almost guaranteed you're, you're sitting there thinking, we, I, I can't believe you didn't bring up this. It's like, yeah. yeah, we, yeah. you got like nearly three hours of episode. What, what do you fucking want? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Come and tell us about it on Twitter or on Instagram. We are sequelizers on all the social media stuff. If you want to have a kind of longer chat and a big group in a community where we always do kind of a post-show chat and all that kind of stuff, come and join our Discord. You can find links for that on our website, which is sequelizers.com. Click on the little Discord button. There's a little invite thing on that page. That will take you straight through and you can join. It's all free, openly accessible to basically anyone who wants to join. There's about 200 members now and they are amazingly all very cool, very warm, very welcoming, very friendly. A lovely bunch of folks. Isn't it just? Hello, Discord. Thank you for being awesome and being so welcoming to mm. our guests. We've now had guests who we've had on the live streams come and join the Discord and people from our Discord joining their Discords on their podcasts and all this kind of stuff. It's a lovely, lovely mm. bunch. And uh, something I highly recommend if you're interested in talking about films or video games or politics. And there's a parenting advice channel. There's food. There's pets and animals. There's all kinds of stuff. I've been helping someone with their script homework. I I I have helped... no, some coursework stuff and there's like yeah. advice and ideas. I'm like, yeah, sure, I, I help somebody get a job in digital marketing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, and it, all three of us are on there. If you want to come and have a chat with us, we are pretty regularly chatting about topics we like on there as well. And like I said, it's probably the easiest place to get the post show as soon as this goes live, whether that's patrons or for the public on the Tuesday. Come and have a chat with us, and we'll say, like, oh yeah, shit, we should have included that, or actually we didn't include that because of this reason. Here's why. Get a little behind the scenes action there as well if you'd like to support us you can go to patreon.com slash sequelizers of course understand times are still tough a lot of the world thinks the pandemic is over boris johnson certainly does it's not no. and we understand times are still very tough <laughs> we're, for everybody. In, we're in the rolling crises period <laughs> yeah. of, uh, of you know history the meme i saw the other day was like i'm tired of living through world events yes like, mm-hmm. uh, I, did, I didn't want to live in interesting times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Oh, dear. But yes, you can support us there if you're able to. We'd very much appreciate it. If you're not, but if you are listening to us on a podcast app of some kind, like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify or something like that, you can go and leave us a review. That would be very much appreciated. That is a free way to support us and help us spread the word and hopefully boost us up the rankings and all that kind of stuff on the podcast charts. That would be very much appreciated as well. If you want to follow me on any of the social media stuff, I am JLW Chambers. I talk about 
video games and wrestling and SEO and a few other bits and pieces. And we also tweet back and forth about the show as well. Matt, how can people find you on the internet? Stogs, S-T-O-G-H-Z, on the various social media channels. You can go to the theraidrighthand.co.uk to read my reviews. You can go to cheesemint.com to see the things that I make. Uh, you could look up Sumo Drop, uh, which is, I believe, both the schedule lines still back because it's every other month. And that's through the BBG re- uh, Wrestling Channel, which you can find on all various uh, podcatcher things. Tim, you've acted in some stuff that I have uh, I've made. The question is... Can you sing? Were you singing uh, beforehand, Tim? Only in the shower and at karaoke when drunk. If I wanted to ask you about this, where could I go? <laughs> fuck <laughs> lovely, fuck <laughs> brilliant, brilliant segue, lovely transition, Smooth. professional segue from Matthew Stockton. <laughs> yeah, I am at trivia underscore lad on Twitter, uh, where I will talk about music, but I will not punish anyone by singing because uh, I cannot hold a tune to save my life. Well, we'll be back next week with. The last few episodes of this interseason. We're God nearly damn. at season 10, folks. Like I said, when we get into season 10, at some point, this episode turns five years old. We'll have a live stream where we do our champion of champions of all the best films we've selected from all of the best directors that we've selected throughout the year and a bit that we've been doing these live streams. It's all culminating. It's all coming very soon. But we have got a few more episodes of interseason stuff before we get to there. Mm. And some very interesting and very cool topics. Until then, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye! Bye.